Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. Phones, as always, are open for you if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Jay Noon. And in the news recently, I saw some stuff yesterday about UFOs are back in the news. And it was just, seems like it was just a couple months ago that... There was some government guy from the Air Force that was testifying about having seen UFOs or something like that. And and now they got another government guy at another government hearing, a congressional hearing where supposedly people are put under oath. So you're supposed to believe that these people are telling the truth because they're under oath. It would be perjury otherwise. And I saw some footage last night of this guy, David Grush who served 14 years as an intelligence officer, so-called, in the Air Force and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. He appeared in front of the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee alongside two former fighter pilots, according to CBSNews.com, and apparently this guy is now a whistleblower. He told these House lawmakers that Congress has been kept in the dark about unidentified anomalous anomalous phenomena. I guess that's the new term for UFO. It used to be unidentified flying object. Now it's unidentified anomalous phenomena, or UAP, and alleged that these agencies have been withholding information about these objects for years. He served as a representative on two Pentagon task forces investigating UAPs until earlier this year. He told the uh, Congress people that he was informed of a, quote, multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program during the course of his work examining these classified programs. He said he was denied access to those programs when he requested it and accused the military of misappropriating funds to shield these operations from congressional oversight. He said later that he had interviewed officials who had direct knowledge of aircraft with, quote, non-human origins and that so-called biologics were recovered from some craft. So if this guy is to be believed, the conspiracy theories were, you know, that many uh, alien fanatics out there, whatever you want to call them, uh, UFO hunters, have had is uh, is true. They've been saying for years that the government has been covering up UFOs. That they have, uh, you know, they found the downed UFOs. They've come and collected the uh, the hardware. And if there were bodies there of alien uh, creatures, then they've collected that too. And apparently, this guy is backing this up. Now, before we went on the air, Jay, you said this is a distraction. Yep. So here's they are, so this stuff is probably most likely true, like what he's saying about the government. Because first okay. off, so here's the way I think about it. Uh, first off, when it comes to aliens and these unidentified flying objects, uh, the thought that us human beings here on planet Earth are the only intelligent life in this entire, you know, galaxy, cosmos, universe, universe yeah. whatever. Makes no sense. Uh, makes no sense. There's, there's probably somebody else out, out there. Uh, in fact, uh, I would be quite likely to say that 
us humans were probably a, a, a race of slave people that were, you know, genetically engineered by some very high, you know, um, highly intelligent race that we're unaware of. Um, then dumped off here on this planet at some point because there's some interesting theories reason, about yeah, that. I, I mean, and, and that's actually a theory I like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, if it's, but it's a theory I like. It's pro- I don't know. But one thing I, I do do know is that um, government likes to save these kind of things. Media likes to save these kind of things when they need a distraction. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that the uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal w- uh, was just uh, back when. Um, you know, so there's a bunch of people listening to this probably weren't paying attention or even alive when Too that young. happened. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Monica Lewinsky was a White House intern during uh, the Clinton administration, and a guy named Ken Starr uh, brought an impeachment uh, proceeding against Bill Clinton because allegedly Bill Clinton engaged in some kind of sexual uh, activity with this young intern. Yep. And uh, but what happened during that whole impeachment uh, thing was a thing called the Chinese Trade Accord was going on the same time that Ken Starr brought his impeachment against Bill Clinton. And the Chinese Trade Accord, which was very much uh, wanted by uh, the, the Walton family, who's had you know, ties to the Rose Law Firm, which was... That's Hillary's law, thing, right? Yeah, Hillary's Law Firm. Uh, they, they basically needed the distraction, a wag-the-dog situation, so that the American public wouldn't be paying attention to everything getting moved over to China. And, and I, was, I was a teenager, this happened. I remember I was in high school, I believe. Yeah, I had to be in high school, but by the time I was out of high school, a bunch of the local factories in Palmer, Massachusetts, textile mills that were bustling before I went to high school were closed down. And that was mostly because everything went to China, sort of after this Chinese trade accord, where the American government made it very easy and incentivized all these companies, gave them grants even to, to move their operations over to China. Well, one of the things that moved a lot of operations of manufacturing to foreign countries, China, India, you know, Pakistan, wherever, yeah, is, is the regulations. Yep, I too. mean, they made it so hard to do yep. business in the United States that these companies, they had to go somewhere sure. else. Yeah, so what you're saying is they sweetened the deal by actually giving them financial incentives to yeah, move somewhere else? A company called American Optical, who a friend of mine worked for, she was a professional buyer. They were out of Southbridge, Massachusetts. She was someone who believed very much in the government. She's actually a Canadian uh, immigrant, uh, came here when she was a little girl. Uh, one of my dad's best friends worked her career in this American Optical. And part of her job was getting uh, stuff set up in China. And wow. Uh, you know, when this place closed down in the 90s and she used to come over to our house, I can remember this. My dad had international calling. We would you know, talk to Canada a lot, you know, hay deals and horses and stuff. And she would come over and use our phone when I was in high school. And she'd have to make phone calls at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning to talk to these people over in China about setting stuff up. And and then she actually went to China several times to help, you know, help set them up and teach mm. the thing. And she was very upset that the American government was instrumental in financially supporting these moves to essentially close down American businesses. American Optical was, you know, back in the day where, you know, why glasses were so expensive was because, you know, some Americans were basically, you know, making these lenses and polishing them. And now, you know, it's all done by slaves uh, over in China. Hmm. But anyway, so this is uh, this is just another really good distraction that I believe that they save. Something else is going on. We should really be paying attention to what they're not talking about, just like this cocaine in the White House. Also a distraction. Also a distraction. Mm-hmm. So if they actually did find cocaine in the White House, um, it's just a convenient distraction. Somebody put it there for a distraction. The White House has like security covering every single square inch of it. If somebody did leave a baggie there, I'm sure they could figure out who it is if they really wanted to. But right now it's just a convenient distraction. I believe what, what the uh, cocaine distraction was more of 
to um, stop people from uh, you know paying attention to the sound of freedom coming out and that. Also, we're you know you know uh, we're on the um, but it didn't work though, of, right? I mean, there were, hasn't the sound of freedom earned millions upon yep, I mean dozens of millions good. of dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, didn't didn't, it didn't work if that was what the intention was. I don't Maybe. know. I mean, I, I I like I've heard these claims of this distraction thing many times, and I don't know if I necessarily buy it, because even if it wasn't the UFO story that was hitting right now, I mean, anything's better can, than talking about Hunter Biden as far the, as, uh, the you know, the administration is concerned. Well, the, the media can focus in on whatever they want to. I mean, there's always all kinds of things going on all around the world. I mean, if they want to focus on Hollywood or something, that'll be distracting to people, too. So I, I question whether or not they're in engineering or timing these dis, quote unquote distractions, or it's just the news editor people out there who pick what stories lead are just choosing ones that they don't, you know, they don't want you to see a story I, about say, for instance, right now uh, I went over to RT uh, RT.com. That's Russia today.com. Cause whenever you, you know, whenever you want to see what the right. mainstream media in the U S doesn't want you to see, you should go to RT and that's see what, what they're or doing. Al Jazeera is another yeah, good Al Jazeera one. as well. And the headline over at RT, which I hadn't, uh, hadn't checked yet today is that, uh, Seymour Hirsch, who is a 80 something year old award-winning, like big time journalist who's broken mm-hmm. a ton of big stories over here. Uh, he has revealed now that the U.S. played a critical role in the Crimean Bridge terror attacks down there in Ukraine. So we can talk a little yeah, bit more like about that. Just like the pipeline he brought out that the U.S. Is vo- involved in that gas pipeline that they had blown up. That's right, the Russian and gas pipeline, yeah. So the whole thing with, with the UFO stuff, so let's say that all this stuff these guys are testifying is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it totally could be. I, there is always technology going to be out there that we the we the people are unaware of. There's you know a lot of government technology that exists for decades before we get to see it or or, or understand it. So we don't know if these things are you know beings from somewhere else. Um, when they put in there that there's non-human stuff, I mean that could totally be true. But I believe a lot of this stuff is sort of being saved to be let out of the bottle at certain points. This is like and and. and of course, with uh, Operation Mockingbird is where the CIA feeds all of this stuff to all the corporate me- media for, mm-hmm. for them to regurgitate. I don't really believe anybody in corporate media is making, you know, any real decisions uh, against uh, the Operation Mockingbird stuff or they're just probably following in line, especially any media who is, you know, advert- advertising pharmaceuticals, who is taking the, the military industrial complex money. That's for, like all of them, right? right? Well, that's all the corporate media. Yeah. Fox News, uh, MSNBC, yep. you name it. All, all, all that stuff. So I'm sure all those same media outlets are, are, you know, probably reporting on, you know, these guys talking about the UFOs. But when when somebody with great credibility is going to testify about, you know, to Congress about UFOs, there's a big segment of the population that's going to get excited and happy because there's a lot of UFO enthusiasts. Sure. There's a lot of people that are going to get worried and nervous. And I've always been of the belief that the New World Order – you know, will be sort of like forged uh, mostly because of threat of an alien invasion. And mm. I believe that is the uh, thing they would like to gear, so you gear the American this, people up. This is going to be uh, a motivating factor to get people to embrace global government yeah, as yeah, the absolutely. protection against the aliens. Yeah. And, and, and also it's a short term distraction from the uh, financial collapse that's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I just listened to a thing today. Bank of America is having all kinds of issues. Oh, good. It. Yeah, Good, glad to hear it. Well, of course, uh, PacWest also, which was apparently the third largest bank in California, 
has been gobbled up by a lo- another California yeah. bank in order to rescue it from certain failure. So th- you basically got another bank that has failed, even without them saying it has failed. Like they they swooped into the rescue before it could completely swirl all the way down the you know the drain. Uh, so that just happened within the last forty eight hours. And and they're setting up this Fed Now thing or Fed Now is live. Yeah, that's I guess. on now. I'm, yeah. I'm not sh- really even hundred percent sure what that is. Uh, it's yeah. a bank to bank transfer system. So. Uh, for instance, if you've ever sent, well, you don't have a bank account, so you probably don't have a lot of uh, nope. experience with this. But normally, with a bank account to bank account transfers, it can take a few days, unless you want to pay for a wire transfer, which could be thirty or forty bucks. Wire transfers usually settle the same day, but your typical bank transfer, you're going to send some money into PayPal or withdraw from PayPal or something like that. It might be two or three business days before that settles out. Uh, there's, it's just been that way forever and they've never upgraded the technology. So fed now is now where they will be able to do a bank to bank transfer, presuming the banks don't stop the transfer from happening, which of course they will do all the time to ask you more, know your customer questions and, oh, well, we can't allow you to transfer that amount of money or whatever. There's going to be all these rules, of course, associated with it. But given if they don't actually halt the transfer it should be a relatively instantaneous 24 7 transfer from bank account to bank account which would be a decent upgrade for the banking system although many people are saying that this is step one towards the central bank digital currency to allow banks to settle uh, transactions on a near instantaneous basis instead of having to wait all day or maybe wait two or three days and the other thing was 24 7 is another big change because it's usually only during banker's hours when you can send a wire transfer or have any of this This money is potentially moving between banks. So if you were to send, uh, if I were to order a, a PayPal withdrawal or something like that on a, a Friday, it might not be until Wednesday the following week because it doesn't go anywhere on Saturday and Sunday. So that's what FedNow is. It makes it 24-7. It makes it near instantaneous. Again, presuming they don't step in and halt it. So they're basically setting up another currency exchange type thing, uh, basically another fiat you know, uh, currency. Uh, it's the same this. fiat currency. And it's just it'll transfer over a faster system. I, I think uh, a lot of this is going to be say, oh, this was, you know, a few years are going to look in the rearview mirror and be like, oh, well, the U.S. dollar collapsed and, you know, Fed now was supposed to take up the slack or CBDC and maybe it didn't doesn't happen. Maybe it does. But I, I think a lot of this is just temporary distraction, uh, you know, for the masses and they need to just keep on ramping up the distraction. They need mm. to, you know, rage bait, as a lot of these guys will put it. You know, so you think this UFO thing is going to go further? Then, so if, if you if you believe that the if they UFOs, need to push it further, well, right. If if you think this is going to be the the linchpin towards getting people to embrace a global government to fight the alien threat, then there's going to have to be an alien threat at some point, yep. right? Yep. So, you know, I, this is where it gets hard to believe for me because I tend to be of the the belief that governments are not particularly competent at what they do. Yes, they can kill people. There's no doubt about it. The military has all kinds of weapons developed by the private sector that when utilized will absolutely exterminate large amounts of human life. So there's no doubt that they are quote unquote good at killing people. They're not particularly efficient at it because they spend a lot of money to do what they do, but they, they are able to kill people. But are they able to fool people into believing that there's an alien threat? Uh, yeah, it's just you hard to believe. You only got to fool 
you know, a part the algorithmic slave, the mm-hmm. ones that they've been programming for a while, the people who are gullible, the people that listen to the government, the people that listen to media. You only got to get you only you only have to get them really fool them. You just got to get them to worry about it. Mm-hmm. That'll have a lot of effect. Oh, please give me protect me from these guys. Yeah, we need to have an alliance with you know all these other countries, China and Russia, and and then they're also pushing another narrative is that you, you hear. Well, you know, China and Russia are trading together with this, mm-hmm. you know, BRICS deal and these other countries are involved. And now Iran sending these, you know, kamikaze drones. I don't know what they're called if you heard about them, but they're basically drones that are, you know, made with a bunch of explosive in them. And they just fly into something and they wreak havoc. And uh, it seems to me, Jay, my, my view on this is that they they had a ton of success with COVID, right? Like COVID mm-hmm. is something you couldn't see. Right, aliens. You gotta, you kind of gotta see it, right? Like you gotta yep. see uh, yep. planes or uh, UFO coming down from the sky. They gotta be zapping lasers into people and uh, mm-hmm. coming on down onto the ground and abducting people or whatever, right? Like there has to be something a little more tangible, I think, to get people really afraid of aliens. But with COVID, it was just this invisible thing that all of a sudden is more dangerous than the terrorists, and you have to stay inside. And they managed to convince so many people to just obey and get these questionable shots, these experimental, uh, quote, vaccines that God knows what they actually are supposed to do. We're seeing people keeling over at age 30 or 18, apparently some basketball stars, I don't know, brother or son recently son, yep. keeled over at age 18. Uh, I mean, and so, I mean, there's just like, it's amazing how gullible people are. So, I mean, you're right about that. People are certainly gullible. It just seems like it's going to be a really hard sell to get them on board with an alien invasion without having some serious, I don't know, something to look at. So if the government says it's happening, look at all the government that, all the people in the the world that believed the COVID narrative. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how many of those people will buy the UFO narrative? Probably a lot of them, I mean, especially if you can, you know, use like the, uh, you know, what's it, Project Blue Beam, where they can make images in the sky. Have you seen in Dubai mm-hmm. where they have these like giant whales jumping out of the water? It's a, it's a no, hologram. I haven't seen this, no. it's, it's pretty wild. It was uh, one of Jeff, Jeff Berwick does a walk and really? talk, and he had some uh, clips on it where I believe it was in Dubai. They had holo- holograms of these huge whales jumping in, in and out of the water, like hundreds of feet. But wait, wait, was it something you could see with your own eyes or was it one of those augmented reality things where you had to hold up a phone to uh, to see it? I don't know, to be yeah, honest I, with I'm you. I'm curious now. I'm you, pretty I sure a... you. it was said you could see it with your own eyes. Okay. I mean, I just, that, wa- I just watched it on my about. phone. Cause, yeah, I, I'll you know. have to. I, I, you got me wanting to look into that. So during one of the breaks, we'll we'll check into that. But saying that government is incompetent and not being able to pull pull this off, like they're generally incompetent, is one of the uh, greatest benefits to government. It's called uh, plausible deniability. So one of the things that government really likes to lean on is plausible deniability. So when I would say years ago, nine one one was an inside job orchestrated by the U.S. government, a friend of mine who, a, a, a relative of a friend of mine who I didn't realize but works in a de- department of defense, and he's, he went and he, he goes, why don't you leave your phone in your truck? This was uh, 2006. And he put his phone away, and we went for a walk in the woods. He goes, hey, if you keep on talking like this, I'm going to have to report your name to my supervisor. You keep on saying things and you know, keep on asking me questions about my job. I'm just going to have to report you. And they're definitely listening to us through the phones. Mm-hmm. And he had, so I brought about 9-11. And, he, and so what he said to me while, while the phones were there, he goes, well, that's silly. 
government mm-hmm. doesn't the right hand of government never even knows what the left hand of government is doing government can't keep track of anything it's just a big bureaucracy it's very hard to know what's going on and there's no way government could coordinate something like this when we took a walk in the woods the story was a little different mm-hmm. but it, basically the plausible deniability is oh government couldn't do this they couldn't pull this off uh, you know uh, like for example of you know 9-11 for example which i believe it was either allowed to happen or orchestrated but one thing we do know mm-hmm. is it did benefit the uh people the psychopaths who demand power that want to ro- rule and control us for sure got a lot more power because of that how much more power and they got a lot more power because of covid mm-hmm. and Big how time. much more power are they going to get because people get hysterical about ufos and they probably do exist these alien life forms as far as i'm concerned they they should exist to think that we're the only intelligent life is you know is 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 ridiculous there has to be someone else out there in this you know uh universe that we're on we're in and yeah i think they're just you know they need to ramp up to disinformation the misinformation and fear is just such a motivator oh absolutely Absolutely. and and there's a whole bunch of people who aren't going to be afraid of, of 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 a virus that will be afraid of uh, UFOs. It will be afraid of aliens. That's true. Uh, we are seeing them ramping up fears surrounding so-called climate change that now. Too. That one, I got to tell you, I'm getting notices every single day on this phone uh, about, oh, it's a heat wave. It's a heat warning or something like that. And it's like, I've never gotten these before. It's no hotter this year than it's been any other year but all of a sudden the the government people that's who's behind these notices it's, it's the national weather here i think than normal could be the national weather service that's a government agency they're the ones who are sending these notices out it's like heat warning heat warning heat warning stay inside there was a, a news i don't know saw something on the news the other day or social media it was uh like somebody took a screenshot of an email they'd received at a college and the college was warning the students to, oh, such and such event has been canceled due to the extreme heat. Stay your advice to stay inside and so on. And it's just like, what are you talking about? There, It is not any hotter now than it has ever been. And if it is hotter, then just bring some water with you. You'll be fine. Well, just sweat. It's good for you. Yeah. I've been stacking hay uh, basically the last week and a half. Mm-hmm. Almost every day we've been going and getting hay, picking it up off the field. It's 85, 90 degrees out. And that's what it's supposed to be when you're making hay. This is just normal weather yeah. we're having here in New I Hampshire. Agree. I agree. And But this is what they're doing right now. This is their next thing is to try to get people to stay indoors, locked down due to the climate crisis. Once again, another invisible threat uh, that people are just going to, in some cases, believe because they're getting the notices about it. And then they're going to freak out about that. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
if you want. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is digital cash. It's a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. The rising fees that have been going on for years on the Bitcoin network have basically made Bitcoin useless for payments, especially for small purchases. But Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented some really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. So some pretty big developments coming up with Dash that hopefully we'll be able to announce within the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, including they're going to be, or I guess are in the process of being integrated into a decentralized exchange called Maya Protocol. We'll tell you more about that when it is complete. It is in the proce- it's in the process. It's nearing the end steps from what I understand uh, according to the updates I've been seeing online, which is very, very exciting. We'll tell you more about that as we learn it. But uh, from a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait around for confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete. So it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more over at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO, their decentralized autonomous organization, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. All right, so if you want to join the show, you can. Here, the number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about potentially interesting news. Also, maybe it's just a distraction. The UFO hearings uh, apparently continued with a former government agent, David Grush, who served for 14 years as an intelligence officer, so-called, in the Air Force and the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, basically said that he was aware of uh, aircraft with non-human origins being collected and that so-called biologics were recovered from some of those crafts. I saw a clip uh, last night where he admitted that people had been uh, physically harmed to try to cover up this information. And when he was asked if people had been murdered over covering up this information he did not give a straight answer here's another thing they get to say look how horrible all these other administrations were when it came to you know talking about the ufos and all the things they had to do the the people they had to harm to cover up this information and the biden administration is you know letting it all out now Mm. it's probably going to be trying to win some brownie points yeah Members of both parties questioned how Congress, according to CBSNews.com, should go about investigating the remarkable allegations, a reflection of the increasing willingness by lawmakers to demand the executive branch be more forthcoming about the phenomena. Representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee said, We're going to uncover the cover-up, and I hope this is just the beginning of many more hearings and many more people coming forward about this, he said. The UAP, which is the new term for UFO, it stands for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. The UAP issue has gained widespread attention from Congress and the public in recent years with the release of several video recordings of the encounters, which typically show seemingly nondescript objects moving through the air at very high speeds with no apparent method of propulsion. Now, video footage is easy enough to fake, especially these days. I mean, it was one thing... 
30 years ago, you know, in the 1990s or even before that in the 80s or whenever it was for when UFO videos came out, it was, you know, they were, the, you, if you were going to fake that, you had to have like a really fancy setup, essentially. You couldn't just, there was no computer graphics uh, to speak of at that time. So you had to do it the old fashioned way, right? Like put a flying saucer on a, a fishing pole string or something and try to fool people. And a lot of people weren't being fooled by uh, by a lot of these videos. But now, you know, some teenager in his basement could easily cook up a fake UFO video. And certainly the government uh, has the ability to hire people to do fake UFO videos. So if that's what the plan is, Jay, is to just release video of the purported aliens and just say that, okay, now this is what we need to have more government for, then maybe that'll get some people on board. But without actually having witnesses to an actual alien invasion or some sort of I'm sure they could get some people down. with government badges and clipboards and, you know, whatever, whether there be military people. Oh, I was flying my F-35, mm-hmm. and I yes, I saw that. I certify that that is what I saw with my own human Well, that's eyes. what we have going on here. Yeah, so, and, and this, so, so a, a whole bunch of things pop up here. What what could they gain from this? Oh, a bigger military budget. We need a bigger military budget. So well, they get is, that every year anyway. It, well, and now it's just it's so it's almost a trillion dollars now. It's almost a trillion dollars. Yeah. So we need to make sure the military budget is bigger than the debt payments of the United States because the debt payment, I believe, is close to a trillion dollars. It is a year. getting close too. Yeah, it's so, about about on par with one another. Right. And 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 here's the other thing too. What have we learned about? The reason that America has adversaries around the world and other nations is because the military-industrial complex eggs on its politicians to go mm-hmm. make sure there's wars, to go do saber rattling, to go right. to go send drones over and blow up, you know, uh, wedding parties. And, that means business know, for those companies, and, yeah. and, and a set, you know, uh, literally annihilate half a million Iraqi children, and then Hillary Clinton just cackles about it. Uh, this is so, so if all this stuff is true and these guys are all being honest and are under oath, they're talking about these aliens. It sounds like a whole lot more reason why we should have no government whatsoever, because I can tell you that they do not represent me. They don't represent anyone I know. Actually, I don't know anyone who supports murdering, you know, half a million children around the other side of the world. I don't know anyone who even supports, uh, Aid, you know, aiding and abetting uh, Ukraine. You know, you know, one example to another. I, I don't know. I've seen the flags driving around. I figure those so, people support it. So I, and, and so when I say I don't know, I don't really know those people that well. And I have asked some people who have the flags on their cars. Mm-hmm. You know, the little Ukraine sticker. I'm like, so you su- you support the uh, Ukrainian war? And actually, one guy I talked to him the other day. He goes, well, no, I don't support the, the war. I support the people of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I go, okay, because your your uh, Ukrainian flag sticker is a little confusing. I wasn't sure if you supported the uh, politicians or supported the actual poor people that That's are being question. you know subjected to harm by the politicians of Ukraine right. and and America and the Russian politicians actually but this Absolutely, guy yeah. he had he had no idea that the Ukraine uh, Ukrainian government has been shelling the Donbass and Ludonks regions wow. uh, since 2014 and he goes oh, I never heard that he said and I go yeah they don't say that in NPR and he goes you're right they don't that's what <laughs> I listened to he was telling me mm-hmm. uh, but so I, but really, who's? I don't really know anybody that actually supports war, like that I've talked to in the past couple years. You know, a whole bunch of people I grew up with are very pro-war, pro-military. I mean, most of your parasite class people, you know, support all these things because they're just basically algorithmic slaves, as far as I'm concerned, and they mm-hmm. just do what the algorithm tells them to do, and it's to support this nonsense. I mean, most of these, almost everybody who's waving a Ukrainian flag has no idea what's going on. They're just like they're just following, you know, the algorithm. They're just doing what they're told. Yep. Putin so bad. 
Ukraine yep. good. Uh, all government's bad. And so if we have a bunch of aliens, if, or a bunch of aliens, if there are these very, you know, high vibing, high intelligence beings that have figured out how to like basically, you know, go a million miles an hour and, you know, this, you know, zero energy propulsion or whatever, I don't know, you know, do all these things that they're, you know, we hear about in all these alien movies and shows sure. and books that we've read over the years. Um it sounds like we need someone rational to deal with them if they could just squash us or zap. And it shouldn't be anybody shouldn't be the in government, government because yeah. their their record with how, you know, well, we're going to set a uh, set one of our ships in the middle of the Gulf of Tonkin and we're going to blow it up so we mm-hmm. can kill a whole bunch of people and, you know, make sure we, you know, control all that. Whatever's going on there. I don't even know. I, well, you we've know, certainly seen yeah. uh, plenty of movies over time where the governments of whatever countries are very quick to shoot the uh, the alien visitors, and usually things don't go really well after that. Obviously, it's fiction, but it is based in some level so, of reality. Governments are violent groups of people. I mean, these are thugs who their only tool is the gun, their only tool is bombs and destruction, and that is what they're likely to bring to bear if there really is some sort of extraterrestrial alien force or whatever that comes in here. Maybe they wouldn't do us harm. If it weren't for these psychopathic states, my hope is that they're here to save us. Oh, wouldn't that be? And they're here to help us. And they know the difference between the good people and the bad people. Maybe they're kind of like Santa Claus. They know who's naughty and nice. (laughs) They've been making a list. That would be really cool (laughs) because if they want to just take out all the naughty people, like. uh, like Thoros style is that the guy's name in that movie where half uh, of the population the Marvel thing, right? Yeah, I yeah, think I've th- never seen it. Thanos, I've heard Thanos. Yeah, name. Thanos is a guy's name where he yeah. basically half of the population is just disappears, just gone. gone. Yeah, all right, press that button. So, so maybe these guys know you know better. You, you know how mm-hmm. and how to just they just got to show up, do a little cleansing. Oh man, and you know hopefully they get it right. And you know I'm not in, I I'm not in an elevator with like you know some kind of lobbyist or something when it happens or you know some politician. But, yeah, it'd be nice know. if they could just um, hit a button and delete all of the politicians and all of their uh, flunkies and all their buildings and all their cruisers and the tanks and like it'd be great to just take out the tools too, right? Because if you just that's a good idea. If you just yep. remove the the people, you still haven't solved the problem of power because until people are until people actually come to the understanding that governments are a bad thing that the states are actually a danger to society that they are harmful to uh, to peace all around the planet then they're going to try to recreate it so if they if everybody woke up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden the president's gone and all of his staff is gone and all the congress is gone and all those people are gone but all the seats are still there all the bureaucracy or the uh, yeah, the right. buildings and stuff are still there then somebody's going to go in there and seize the reins of power they might fight over it for a little bit but eventually some strong man or a strong woman or whoever will get into that uh that position because humans aren't ready for this yet i mean we're just playing libertarian fantasy here with the aliens at, at this point, but uh, but it is fun fun to think about that. That's why we have to get to the point where people actually don't value the state or the idea of the state anymore, where they're ready to leave it behind in the sort of the dustbin of history with chattel slavery, where the the idea of government, this monopoly on violence as we know it, is no longer something that people want. People have to move beyond that in order for society, in order for mankind to rise to whatever the next uh, level is, the next station. I I would hope that you know the next invasion on the United uh, on wherever in the world 
you know, there's going to be one, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, Russia, China, India, these BRICS nations who are, and, and the people of these nations who are just sick of being abused and murdered and, you know, financially you know, abused by the U- U.S. military, just enforcing their dominance and their and enforcing the u.s dollar on the rest of the world uh so when those nations come and attack america you know the bombs being sent over by russia don't know the difference between me and you Mm -hmm. know some international bankster so there's going to be a lot of collateral damage to where i'm hoping that these aliens are benevolent they understand good good from bad and just and government is able to cease to exist. This would be really cool. And another thing I'd really like to do with the aliens is I'd like to trade with them. I'd like to have partnerships with them, be friends with them, <laughs> you know, just be allies with them. You know, I'm sure that they just want their babies to grow up and, you know, have good, happy lives like I want for my babies. So we probably have a lot of commonalities. But if they have this, you know, supreme power over us, they might just want to enslave and rule us. It depends. I don't know. I, I kind of like the view that you had earlier that they are a higher vibration. I believe in uh, the good things coming. Creature. And that's my mantra. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, the idea being that how could they get to where they are if they were still saddled with these governments, right? Because right. governments hold back. I mean, that's the that's the what the word means. When you have a governor on your truck, it stops you from going above 55 miles an hour, right? Or whatever the arbitrary uh, amount is, right? <laughs> that, to govern means to control. And so whenever you have government around, you have a, a retardation of progress. Oh, yeah. I just You just reminded me of a joke a farmer told me years ago. I used to buy a lot of hay upstate New York, and mm-hmm. this guy I bought hay from, he says to me, uh, uh, how do you slow down a fast governor? I says, well, I don't know, Phil. How do you do that? He goes, you put, you put a prostitute on her. <laughs> <laughs> and this was during the time, uh, I believe, guy's name was Elliot Spitzer. Mm. Uh, I think, and I'm pretty sure he was the governor of New York at that mm-hmm. time. And he he had gotten you know busted with some prostitutes. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Let's go to the phones here. We got Skeeter on the line in California. Go ahead. Hey, I heard you talking about like uh, how people don't. Uh, I mean, government would come back if you were like try to like repeal it or you know wake up one day and it's gone. Yeah. And I mean, you don't see why uh, that's an argument for like accelerationism. No. Because uh, you can't repeal government, or you can't run away from it, like with recession, with secession. How much does it you need? To, so it's been. If you look at the dollars government spends, for example, on just everything—military, interest, mm-hmm. uh, the, the dollars they give out in welfare, so people can go buy drugs, whatever it is—that I mean, it needs to accelerate more than it has in the past decade. To make that's what that he's saying. Yeah, he believes it should accelerate even more, and that that's somehow going to lead to the end of the state. Yeah, I think just gives yeah, the state I, I more can, power. I can give you an example of like uh, back in uh, the prohibition when uh, they made alcohol illegal. What's the uh, example? Let me quote, yeah, let me quote uh, from an article by Ken Burns called Unintended Consequences of Prohibition. Mm-hmm. He writes, uh, one of the most profound effects of prohibition was on government tax revenues. Before Prohibition, many states heavily, uh, relied heavily on excise taxes in liquor sales to fund their budgets. In New York, almost 75% of the state's revenue was derived from liquor taxes. Hmm. With Prohibition in effect, that revenue was immediately lost. At the national level, Prohibition cost the federal government a total of $11 billion in lost tax revenue while costing over $300 million to enforce. And this was in 1920s dollars. And there's also another credible source, a YouTube video, 
uh, liquor taxes were a huge part of government revenue up until the 1910s. Mm-hmm. It provided up to 30 to 40 percent of the re- revenue for federal for the federal government. It was and was something they really couldn't function without. After the stock market crash of 1929, the Great Depression began. Income taxes fell dramatically. In 1932, income taxes, income tax revenue were 46 percent lower than just two years earlier. Okay, so let me let me clarify something then, Skeeter. So what you are someone who believes in this idea of accelerationism. You want the government to get bigger, more oppressive, and you want it to happen faster, right? So that way, the idea is they will yeah. they will crumble under their own weight. Essentially, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, like, if you take, for example, the drug war, if if you intensify it double, like, you cause twice the amount of damage, but it lasts half the time. Okay, you but can see the net effect is. But a wash. you just pointed out right. that prohibition actually reduced the funding to the government. So, shouldn't you support abolishing prohibition in order to fund the government <laughs> better? Well, just the opposite. No, I, I, as an accelerationist, I want them to spend more, get less revenue. So I want to do things like um, accelerate the drug war, raise tax, uh, raise tax rates. Right? That may sound uh, counterintuitive, but if you think about it, it actually will lower tax. Yeah, like for example, one of the things I was thinking about doing, possibly at a town meeting, is when they're talking about raising the town budget. Is just be there and be like, no, let's triple it. <laughs> Don't just raise it four percent, just triple it. So everybody's property taxes are like quadruple the very next time. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know, the property taxes going up a thousand dollars, you know, every year, now they now everyone's property taxes went from eighteen thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars. That's crazy. Uh, well, that would be might wake a few people up, right? They might be they might want to ask the town via a right to know request. How did you get the authority? To put a tax on my property. Where did this come from? Yeah. You know, things like that. Because nobody's even asking these questions. But, I mean, that's a, you know, that was a thought I had. You know, just having some fun. Let's see if we can make everyone's property tax bill, you know, 100% or 200% higher. So they so it's like the frog jumps out of the water before he cooks to death. <clears throat> but if, uh, if you're not careful the way you, you play accelerationism, government can survive and last longer. This is what I was getting to with this prohibition. Well, I think that's I think, the problem uh, is... So is government- what- what you're advocating here, uh, Skeeter, is that if people aren't ready to end the state, if the state ends prematurely, meaning that if it if it dies under its own weight, under the burden of all of its regulations and taxes and, and enforcement or whatever you want to call it, uh, then people are going to just reform it. They're going to just start it again. They're going to, you know, nope. why wouldn't nope. they? There's a difference. There's a difference between like repealing and secession and that. It's because the people who invested in the state, uh, who who let them borrow money, who invested in the dollar, who invested in the system that relies on U.S. government protection get punished very badly when it collapses. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a ton of other people waiting in the wings who are going to want to pick up the ball and start running it in their own direction. It doesn't gonna... matter. That, that, that whole vacuum thing is, is a fallacy because once the fractional reserve right. system like fails once, the distrust won't allow them to ever get that much power again. And wow. that's what you have to hope for. I wish I was yeah, that optimistic. Thank you for the call, Skeeter. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here tonight, 603-283-6160. I don't see it happening at all that way. It seems to me that as long as people believe in governments, they are going to keep forming them. They may form it in a different way. They and may as, 
long as they keep on having faith in this U.S. dollar or any fiat. So he talked. He, he talked about all these things that happened when pro when the government's no longer had the ability to collect a tax on alcohol because all the alcohol was illegal, so mm-hmm. they lost all those alcohol revenues. But there was plenty of revenue, I'm sure, collected on the criminal justice side. But back then, in 1910, you didn't have the Federal Reserve. In the 1920s, you didn't have you know the Bretton Woods Accord. So in 1971. You know, the U.S. dollar went off the gold standard. So previous to 1971, they had to at least pretend that they were right. only issuing as much money as there was gold on hand. Mm-hmm. That all went out the window. Uh, that's the first or that's like the second or third time the U.S. government actually defaulted on its debt obligation. And th- these guys are like, oh, the U.S. government never defaulted. You hear these you know, guys mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. Like, yeah, they've defaulted several times. And one of them was when they closed the gold window, when they shut it off. And, so, and the dollar has been just diving in value ever since, and just it, plummeting. Right, and it's been basically 100% fiat currency ever since this 1971 date. Now, you can the government can just keep on growing and growing and growing as long as there's enough slaves to keep carrying it and well, to keep supporting it. And to counter what Skeeter was saying there at the very end of his call, the idea that the failure of the dollar will turn people off to fiat currency presumes that people understand a thing about fiat currency. And I'm sorry, I don't think there's really any evidence for that. I don't know how many people in the United States do understand what fiat currency is. For listeners that don't know, it is essentially fiat means the, you know, the declaration of the king. The king, by fiat, says a thing is valuable, so therefore it is, it's valuable. That's essentially what the, the dollar is. It is what you call a fiat currency. It's the same thing's true of the euro. The same thing's true of you know, the Japanese yen, etc. Uh, and the failure of a fiat currency... All you got to do is look at countries where they've had fiat fail. Like, look at Zimbabwe, for instance. Look at Venezuela. I mean, the people of Venezuela... Look at the United States. <laughs> it's happening here. Well, it's happening, but it hasn't completely look, ended, right? Look in, they your, haven't, look in the cities. The, 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 the examples of the heroin addiction, the drug addicts, the, you know, the... the uh, um, it's ugly, Street. but they're not going to blame the dollar for it. But it is the dollar. But, well, None the of this stuff could contri- happen without the dollar. No doubt. The dollar is contributing. It's certainly extracting wealth from people. That's the whole point of a fiat currency, is the, the central bank prints out more money into circulation. They give it to their buddies in the military-industrial complex or the pharmaceutical-industrial complex, and then it filters down into yep, the rest of the economy and before you know it you know a hamburger's ten dollars right or twenty dollars well so what happened first is you know they also gave all this money to the big corporate farms and the big corporate Mm -hmm. farmers to and to incentivize the production of a whole bunch of feed stock that's you know uh, laced with roundup which has Mm -hmm. glyphosate in it which makes all of us sick so basically everything all the cheap food so you get this government subsidized cheap food that people have been eating for generations is causing the the old people that die off much younger, especially the ones that you know are, are of the corporate lifestyles and you know in, in microwaving and eating all this you know packaged garbage, and then uh, when that that's when people start backing away because people are understanding that all that government subsidized food is junk. Uh, you, one of the things you know if you remember when I was three hundred pounds, Ian, I remember. Uh, but what actually got me to get down to like two hundred and fifteen pounds is mm-hmm. I went on a strict diet of no government subsidized food. I didn't eat anything that could mm-hmm. be government subsidized, and just you know, you're in looking, great shape today. You look great. Yeah, and uh, so, but a lot of people, <clears throat> so they incentivize a, a lot of stuff that's de- that's unhealthy for us. They don't incentivize mm-hmm. healthy things, that, you know, and and they're creating um. They same want thing with the public schools. Yeah, they just yeah, want, they want dependency, slaves. and they and want then, ignorant, 
dependent slaves. And then government's given uh, all these people that are in drug encampments money to get their drugs, so they're they're funding the drugs. Which is why the ignorance is going to be key to why fiat will continue. So what Skeeter is envisioning here is, is not likely to occur absent some huge renaissance in thinking about money. And we aren't seeing, I'm not seeing that happening around me yet. I'm not, I'm not hearing anything about that happening. We're trying our best to introduce alternatives up here, but it's, it's hard work. Yes. And so when the fiat fails, like it has done in other countries, Venezuela is happening right now, they just introduce another form of fiat. Yep. And they play the whole scam out again and again and again. There's more coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. pull up some of these videos, Jay, of the whales in Dubai, uh, these what appear to be computer-generated whales, and it's hard to find any kind of like in-depth story about them, which is what I was really hoping for, but um, the way that I understand these things is that you would not be able to see this if it were not for some sort of an app or I don't know if it's something that you can do on any phone or if you have to have a special app in order to see these things or if you can just pull up any old phone camera and it'll show it to you. I suspect you probably have to have some sort of specific app, but there's not a lot of information about it out there. There's something that uh, is being advertised called a 7D hologram, which there's very little information I was able to uh, find about, but that apparently has to be projected on a screen of some sort. This is not being projected on a screen. This is, I believe, what you would call an augmented reality program. So augmented reality is where your phone uh, knows where it is, right? Like it's got a GPS position. Your phone knows how uh, how high off of sea level it is, right? Like it's got all this information. It knows what angle it's being held at. That's why you can download, uh, for instance, like a sky app, like an astronomy app where you were looking at the sky and let's say your kids, uh, once they get old enough, like, what's that? And the other, yep. they point at something in the sky. And unless you're an expert, you don't know, but you can pull up one of these augmented reality apps and then you just hold your phone up and it'll show you, oh, well, that's Mars or well, that's, you know, this sun. Or this or, is flight one, two, three. Or whatever. They have, they have that yep. too. Yeah, they have that too. So where it just essentially overlays computer graphics into r- reality, but only on your computer yeah, device. That, that's just wonderful. Let's uh, get your phone out at the concert and, <laughs> yeah. you know, watch the concert, you know, through your screen. I hate that, by <laughs> the way. I think that's yeah. really, uh, it is such a, a common thing these days where people will pull out a device. If you're ever at any kind of a show, 
I don't know if it's half the audience or more than half the audience. It seems like so many people are just holding up a device as though that's going to give you any kind of shadow of what it was actually like to be there. You will not capture the audio well because the audio is so loud it's going to blow out your phone's microphone. It's not going to sound close to what it was. It's going to sound like crap. The video isn't going to be that great because, you know, you're so far away from the stage, you're not going to be able to get a good good shot of anything. I mean, I wouldn't blame somebody for taking a quick photo like, oh, hey, I was here. But to actually hold your phone up and try and, and watch the thing or be distracted by your device while you should be engaging in actually enjoying what's going on on the stage, it's such a you know, now thing or the last uh, 15 years thing. And it's just so annoying when, when I see it happen and it's so common. I, I really like these, some of these events I participate in, like we have a homeschool co-op and nobody uses a phone there. Mm. There's almost no, I, once, yeah, there's, and what'll be, ha- what'll be, uh, some, I'll put in like one of our chat groups about this. Hey, anybody get any pictures of this? No, we didn't have any phones on, on us. You know, nice. which is cool. But, you know, so some of the pictures, I'm actually trying to find some pictures for a presentation I got to do later on tonight that yeah, let's I just talk about don't that. have. Let's talk about that. What are you doing? So what I am doing is I am one of the presenters uh, for the Anarchapolco.com nonconformist series. And this is uh, Freedom Begins at Home. You can go to Anarchapolco.com to learn about this. And it's learn how to build a healthy home and lifestyle you deserve. Mm-hmm. It's August 11th to 13th. And it is a free virtual summit. That's pretty cool. And I'm going to be speaking about uh, the solutions to essentially all the problems that we're seeing now with a lot of adults. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of adults that aren't interested in working. Uh, people just aren't happy, you know, in general with work. And I I like work. Like I was going out and stacking hay several times this past week, just getting soaked in sweat. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I, I have fun doing that stuff. I I like hard work i like to challenge and my daughter my three-year-old daughter was with me in the hay field she's just you know running around having fun helping out chasing grasshoppers and stuff because she really can't you know pick up 50 pound you know bales of hay but uh, i let her um actually we had to tarp the hay hay up and then we took the tarp off and rolled it up so she helped me roll the tarp up which was super Mm -hmm. handy because it's really hard to roll up like a 20 foot by 30 foot type tarp all by yourself sure and tarp is very light so my three-year-old who's like you know 35 or 40 pounds i guess can just you know help me out she can stretch it out she did really good she helps roll up the straps uh and she's all proud about doing doing hay with dad and so so what are you going to be focusing on exactly uh focusing on the solutions so people can understand that their kids basically really need a lot of their attention before the kids are six years old you shouldn't be giving them internet devices you shouldn't be letting internet device form and you know their neurological pathways and these things need to be happening the way it's been happening for thousands of years Mm -hmm. which a little kid should be getting a sensory experience they should be getting their dopamine hit from the sensory experience and the sensory experience i think is that is really good is chickens raising chickens with your kids Mm. and letting your kids my kids have literally been gathering the eggs since they were eight months old my daughter you know i was holding her in the front she was in a front carrier strapped to me but she gather the eggs when she was like five six months old she's in the front carrier and she's and i got the grain scoop right next to her and she's throwing them grain and just enjoying it and having fun and earning those dopamine hits and uh and the real important thing is uh being outside moving around just you know doing stuff Mm -hmm. uh and all these things that i got my kids doing like 
that most people don't do. Everybody had to do this with their kids 200 years ago, 300 years ago, or you wouldn't make it through winter. It it was necessary back then. It's not necessary for survival now because most people can just go to your, go to their cubicle, send a kid to daycare. They go make quarter million dollars showing up at the cubicle, you know, pushing pencil around or, or, or a mouse or, you know, keyboard Mm -hmm. work and send the kids to daycare and, you know, you pay all your taxes and you think you're, and you're living in some sweet condo somewhere and you got a pool and all this stuff. But uh, then what happens is your kids grow up and they don't have any work ethic or skills. Yeah. You see a lot of these like people that have made a lot of money uh, in their lifetimes and kids uh, are spoiled and they didn't invest in the kids you know, and, their, and, and their kids basically either spend the money or um, or they're just, you know, the, the a lot of parents have, you know, you know disavowed their kids because they've become drug addicts or, you know, whatever or bums. The parents will want nothing to do with them. That happens. Then you got parents that are enabling it. Like, oh, you know, they're just friend. spoiled brats. They get yep. a they turn sixteen. They get a fancy car or whatever. Yep, they didn't have to earn do. it. Didn't have to buy it themselves or anything like and, that. And I did the blacksmithing at man camp. So these guys from Anarchopoco, uh, uh, Danny Sesum uh, was there, mm-hmm. and he he was like, "Wow, you, you you should be a presentator." So they really want me to basically do a presentation about blacksmithing and why I started doing man camp and about the blacksmithing. And I got kind of a little slideshow put together for them. We're going to work on and okay. So and that's, uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks, you said. Yeah, it's August 11th through 13th. It's a and you can go to anarchopolco.com and what, register? Yep, and you can register on there. And and you get to see a bunch of different topics, I presume. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of presenters. Uh, in fact, uh, I saw a list here of presenters somewhere. Um, and you might have to join the email to get to the presenters. I'm not sure, but I, I did see a list of presenters well, if it's Anarchapulco, you know they're going to have some really principled people yes. that are going to be uh, a part of this. And, of course, the uh, the big event is the thing they do down in uh, Acapulco, Mexico, that has been going on now for more than half a decade. I'm pretty sure they're on, like, year seven or eight or something like that. Yep. Because uh, I've been to a few of them, and it was a really, it was a good time. Uh, and that was an in-person thing. Now, they've always had the online version of the full Anarchapulco event, which happens in February usually, but they used to ch- they charge for that. It's like I don't know, 150 or 200 bucks just to attend the online version for those that don't want to leave wherever it is they are and, and travel yep. to Mexico. Uh, if you can get to Mexico, if you can get to uh, Acapulco, it's worth the trip to go down to this event. It's one of the better libertarian events out there. But this is going to be free this uh, upcoming August 11th through the 13th, the free virtual summit. On the nonconformist series, yeah, I'm not seeing a list of speakers here, but I just haven't. Maybe I just haven't dug deep enough yet. They're probably still figuring it out. They're probably and, still booking people. For and it. I, I may have seen a list because of where they put me in a schedule with the uh, with the other things. So there's going to be a roundtable discussion that I'll be involved in with uh, some of the other speakers. Okay. Uh, afterwards, and I don't know um, if I'm doing a roundtable discussion just on the day that I'm on, or if I'm doing it a couple of times. I haven't got all that figured out yet, but it's um, it should be, you know, really good for, you know, getting some people to, you know, learn how to build healthy home and lifestyle you deserve. And I'll tell you, having kids that are happy, that are healthy is probably the the, the best thing you could have, you know, as a parent. And I think people should be having kids because there's going to be a day where you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. And you're going to become a government dependent at that point when you can't take care of yourself. If you have kids, do not have kids that will take care of you. Now, there are some people who have kids that their parents aren't going to take care of them for whatever reason. And, you know, I really want to encourage people to raise their kids so their kids want to take care of, you know, their Mm -hmm. aging parents, want to be involved, don't want to just throw them in a nursing home. 
because uh, the whole idea of where I'm coming from is how do we have uh, less government? How do we have more liberty and freedom? And it's by raising a generation of generation next that doesn't require a government. It doesn't demand government. It doesn't want government. It, by reinstating confidence in mankind. And that comes, that has to come from the parents. And only the parents can do that it, it, by letting your kids on internet devices or go to these schools, uh, public schools, that is. It just ruins them. And you are on the list, by the way. I did find okay. the, the list. If you click into, if you go to anarchapulco.com and you click on register for the free summit and then scroll down the page, you will get to their list of speakers. And Jay, you are their top speaker apparently uh at least uh, as far as if you if you consider the uh top left of the list to cool. be the uh, the top jay noon right there and then there's a whole bunch of people that just because i haven't heard of them doesn't mean anything the international libertarian uh, movement is huge there are so many people i see danny sesam on there from the crypto show uh cat bleich is on there as well i know her and uh, these are people that i'm sure are experts yeah. in their fields i'm looking on this website uh where did you say you came up with uh, the list it's at the very bottom to or at least near the bottom of the registration page for the free virtual summit at anarchapulco.com you just click on the register page and then you just, you got to scroll for a ways but they go through the sort of the list of things of uh, people that they think might want to attend this this particular presentation or these series of presentations, people who are back to the land movement enthusiasts, which I would say you qualify as uh, as one of those guys. I mean, because well, you can't you can't be raising chickens in New York City. Right. I mean, that's just not an option. There's no space uh, for that kind of thing. They probably wouldn't allow it to be done at all. So you have to be in at least a place as free as Keene, New Hampshire, where you are actually quote unquote allowed uh, to do things like raising chickens. Uh, they recommend preppers and survivalists, digital nomads. Those are the, the kind of people who do work from a laptop or whatever, but they can work from anywhere in the world, which, of course, is more people now than ever before. One of the positive sides of the whole COVID uh, crackdown was that a lot of a lot of jobs went uh, remote. And so you don't have to live in San Francisco anymore if you want to work in the tech sector, for instance. So that's freed a lot of people up to uh, to move around and freed some of those people up to leave the cities and get out into a place where they, they can have some chickens. Uh, they, good. Yeah, the and getting back to the land thing is, you know, a big part of, you know, what I've been, you know, advocating for a very long time. Uh, as humans, we we should be growing up with the land, on the land, interacting with the land. The this these concrete jungles called cities are mm-hmm. are so far from the land, and whatever little piece of land is in those cities is so heavily regulated. Yeah, it's fake, or or, yeah. or it's you know it's it's poisoned, or you know you can't do anything with it. It's got no trespassing sign. It's you know the city owns it, or or you, even if you maybe you do own it, you got to get like you know all kinds of special permission slips to do whatever things there are places where you can't have chickens you know, oh, either yeah. because of the There's homeowners of actually i talked to a guy the other day he's like i'm in a homeowners association we can't have chickens mm. i'm like why would you live in a homeowners association? where does he live uh, right outside of denver colorado he mm-hmm. says 75 percent of the properties are within these homeowner associations and then he told me that a couple of his neighbors have chickens and nobody's complained oh interesting i'm like well maybe you can have chickens then and here's the thing: when you get chickens, it's not a big. It's not it's a. It's the roosters. Well, hens make a lot of clucking. Oh, do they? When they lay eggs, they make noise. But the chickens thing is, um, it's not a heavy investment. It's mm-hmm. a few hundred bucks. Uh, and if you, you know, can't have them for some reason, you can't handle it, or you get a get a nasty gram from a homeowners association, you got to get rid of them. It's pretty easy to get rid of chickens. And 
everybody I've known has ever had to get rid of chickens or ever had to get rid of, you know, goats or pigs or cow, anything. They just mm-hmm. put a thing on Craigslist. Hey, I got these animals. They need a new home and somebody will come get them. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a big deal. It, and or you just, you know, cut off their heads and you make chicken soup out of them. <laughs> You know, butcher them. And you should be doing that with your kids, too. My kids have helped me butcher, you know, chickens. They've uh, worked on pigs with me. Well, my daughter has. My son, he's just kind of watched a little bit. He's still little. But, you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll be ready for it, you know, b- before long. But, <clears throat> yeah, getting back to the land is, you know, that's how, you know, mankind has been forever. And when you get away from the land uh, and you start, you, you get the problems that what we have here today, you have a whole bunch of people that don't have an ability to engage in logic and reasoning because their brain got rewired by basically the internet and nonsense and garbage and public schools mm-hmm. and all this, you know, influence the, the sugars, the, all the addictive stuff yet yeah, they're being pumped to the little kids. And so you grow up with people that, you know, don't understand that, that have a hard time explaining, uh, you know, that there's more than two genders and they can't explain it. They just default to rage and anger. Mm. And that that's what's and a lot of these people have been old enough to vote now for, you know, since 2018, they're old. There's more of them old enough to vote now. And there's going to be more of them coming along because the Internet works really well in everywhere in America. Now, it, it works in little towns. It works out in the woods. It, it didn't do that. It only worked in big cities 20 years ago. You know, my my only critique uh, of the sort of get back to the land, get out of the cities movement. I know John Bush, for instance, uh, has been uh, talking about this for the in recent years, been given presentations on it, having conventions uh, and helping people accomplish this. I think that's good for a short term solution for people, meaning that if you're in the city now and you get out of the city, it's going to be better for your kids. Number one. Right. There's there's an immediate benefit uh, to that. You're not packed in amongst a, a million people or whatever you've got more space for yourself so even if you don't have kids it's still better you know just to get that space and get out into your own uh place where you have more control because certainly there won't be as much as far as you know government regulations in a more rural area but to me it just doesn't go far enough you have to have the community aspect that we have here in New Hampshire and that is growing on a monthly basis with more and more people migrating here. I see from the Free State Project every time you know they get their newsletter that goes out, there's always another picture of a move-in party, as they call it, where yep. some new family or single person or whoever is showing, or a couple or whatever is showing up, and there's half a dozen to a dozen people that show up. They don't know them. They just show up. They unload the moving truck, and then they have uh, pizza and beers or whatever for a couple hours and hang out and meet some of their new neighbors and potentially new friends there's a level of community here in new hampshire with the free state project this migration of libertarians that are coming to new hampshire and have been now for about two decades at this point that doesn't exist anywhere else if all you do is just that first step of leave the city move to a rural area you're just delaying the inevitable rise of government and control it's going to happen faster in the cities there's no doubt about it but those those county bureaucrats and those small town bureaucrats they're corrupt too so so there's a lot more to this than just getting out of the city so part of this is being active so one of the things so man camp my idea for man camp is that anyone who has a skill can do this like a guy who you know for example is a woodworker has a woodworking shop in his house, or that's his hobby. Let's say, you know, he works at Walmart during the week, and mm-hmm. on the weekends he's got a little woodworking shop in his garage. 
he should be having some neighborhood kids over and showing them how to do these woodworking things and how to you do the woodworking skills. Uh, same thing with a guy who's, you know, can weld uh, and like the blacksmithing mm-hmm. thing. There's a lot of, you know, middle-aged, you know, young to middle-aged men who are into blacksmithing. Forge and Fire has, you know, created a whole culture of blacksmiths. There's people all over in every community. Someone's got a forge in there and an anvil in their garage. I, mm-hmm. I know guys in the homeowners association communities have these things. They just can't and, use them. <clears throat> actually, they can. Oh yeah, uh, sure. And and they have been. There's uh, is another guy, different guy from Colorado who who's uh, he actually might be listening to the show. But I knew him when I when I lived out there, and I was like, why don't you get why don't you do a blacksmithing project with your kids when you have them on the weekend. So that's what he, he's been doing, blacksmithing, and his, a handful of other kids show up, you know, you know, divorce guy. So he gets his kids on a weekend. So he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It's, you know, it's productive. And, and he's been really happy with it. In fact, uh, his kids are teenagers now. One of them's, you know, work, got himself a welder, and the other one's working for another farm guy doing some, using some of these skills. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is it, is it takes a lot of hard work. And, and the main thing is that the parents have to be wanting to do the hard work. So if the parents are earning their dopamine or are, are, are getting a free dopamine hit because they want to sit down and watch Netflix every day or because they're, you know, drinking or they're doing some kind of drugging, uh, they're not going to be available, for, you know, for the kids. And there's a lot of that going sure. on, too. And you know, so people need to. T- th- but this is all part of taking responsibility. You know, the first tenet of being a libertarian is self-responsibility. The mm-hmm. only reason you can have these rights is if you're responsible with these rights. And part of being responsible with our rights is being responsible with our children. And a lot of uh, Americans have gotten away from that. And a lot of pe- Europeans have, too. This is like kind of a big problem. I talked to guys that, you know, have been in like uh, India or like Taiwan, um, you know, uh, um, I forget the other country the guy told me. But anyways, he said that the, like he go in a store and there's like a three year old kid sweeping the floor mm-hmm. and there's a five year old kid, you know, five year old older brothers restocking the shelves and they're doing like a good job. And one of these guys that told me that he was in the military and he sees my daughter sweeping the shop. Mm-hmm. In fact, he seen my daughter rolling up hay straps this morning from the from one of the hay trailers we unloaded. And he's just like, oh, that's just like the kid in India cleaning up the store, mm. you, know, <laughs> you know. And and there's like college graduates who don't know how to use a broom. God, <laughs> there literally is. And so that's the thing crazy. Is, is, getting out of the cities helps. But even I, so, part of my solutions is if you are in a city, I got mm-hmm. a, a list of solutions that I, you know, so people can help their kids earn their dopamine hits. The thing is, is we don't want our kids getting free dopamine hits. That's really huge, and people got to understand. Mm-hmm. This is what creates the addiction personalities in people. Uh, this is what strengthens the um, you know the addiction part of the brain. You stimulated a bunch, and that that needs to be left alone while these kids are little. Uh, it's and they need to just be doing kids things and having fun doing kids things and working and playing with chickens. All that stuff like it just builds a valuable work ethic because all the farm kids I know. They're the guys making 75, 80, 100 bucks an hour doing whatever, whatever they want. You ask a roofer, a framer, um, anybody's got any kind of business, the truck drivers, the paving companies, who do they want to hire? They want to hire a farm kid mm-hmm. because sure. they're not afraid to work. work ethic. And, and they're just valuable because they have lots of skills right from the get go. Well, I, uh, I'm totally with you on this. I mean, ha- having not grown up on a farm, but my parents uh, did own a thrift store, still do. And uh, my and mom brought me good. in there. My the, mom brought me in there at a young age, and I was moving furniture around. Right, you um, had responsibilities yeah, to do, yeah. and, and and you probably earned your go- dopamine hits doing those work, working the cash work. register, doing customer service, and I was doing that before I was ten. You know, uh, eight, nine, seven, somewhere in that. And range. you had pride. 
Yeah, you didn't. And, and it helped me when I got a real job. You know, later on, I already knew all that stuff. Yep. You know? Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join the show. You can share your thoughts on this or whatever's on your mind here. This is Free Talk Live. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a free, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Jay in the studio tonight. We were talking about the UFO story. The latest news from the uh, government people is that maybe these things are real. Maybe, according to this 14-year Air Force government guy, who testified in front of a government committee under oath, presumably, that uh, he actually was aware of recovery of alien aircraft and potential biological something or others that might have been inside of them. So these are some of the revelations that have come out within the last couple of days. And if you want to comment on that, you're certainly welcome to join us. That led to a conversation about... You know, some of these distractions. Is this story fake news? Is it just to get people distracted from the other stories that are in the news? Like uh, Seymour Hersh revealing the United States government thugs played a critical role in the Crimean Bridge terror attacks in Ukraine. We also talked about uh, Jay and his upcoming presentation that's going to be at the Anarchapulco uh, event happening August 11th through the 13th, which you can register for. It's free, apparently. To attend these online seminars, the nonconformist series, just go to anarchapulco.com. You can get registered there and see a full list of the speakers. I'm a little more excited about it because I see a guy I was really good friends with out in Colorado. Nice. Brent Kaufman, who's known as Burnt MD, uh, MD as in Mike Doctor. But uh, he, this guy has saved a lot of lives with. Um, How's uh, that? Uh, so he was big time into um, uh, growing and processing. CBD oil, growing the hemp for CBD because Colorado was like the, one of the first places you could grow grow uh, hemp for CBD. Mm-hmm. So he made CBD. He provided CBD oil. He was really big on um, getting it to people with uh, epilepsy. Uh, this is he's a great dude. I, I'm very excited to see him on him. I haven't talked to him in a few years, but and then there's Jim Gale's going to be there. He's another guy. He's like known for his food forest stuff. He's he's really good. Cool. Uh, Marjorie Wildcraft is going to be there, uh, and then we have. 
of course, Danny Sessom, you, you mentioned him earlier, mm-hmm. and Kathleen Bleich. Uh, yeah, Kat Bleich, yep. Uh, Dannon is how she goes uh, now. She's got a new husband. Or yeah, she's got a new husband and baby. She's doing quite well. I, I've chatted with her a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this is this is going to be uh, a lot of fun. There's a lot of good speakers on here. They always have really, really uh, well-informed, principled people at the Anarchapulco event. So be sure you check that out. Uh, you know, we were talking about getting out of the cities, and yeah. uh, it seems like an obvious thing for people to do. And in case it wasn't obvious, here's some of the latest news about why you might want to get out of the cities. According to New York Post, shoplifting in New York City is now so bad. We've heard a lot about the West Coast with San Francisco and you know Los Angeles, where CVSs are just getting robbed by people walking in with huge naps, you know, burlap sacks that they're just throwing product into and walking out the front door. Well, apparently it's getting bad in New York City now. They are now installing at supermarkets anti-theft devices on ice cream containers you know those little pints of ice cream that you get at the grocery store they've got anti-theft lids on top of some sort of plastic device so it's not even a pint anymore smaller than a pint yeah i picked up a thing oh i don't know a couple weeks ago but it was like it was a ben and jerry's product and it was at weir's beach was kind of a tourist place here in new hampshire But it was like a gas station, and it was like seven dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh yeah, for a and it wasn't. I forget how many ounces it was, but it was not a pint. It was smaller than a pint. I bet it was. And so that's pretty valuable ice cream right there. And you know, if 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 you can just grab one of those and run off, yeah, I mean, you totally could at this place I was at. But it wouldn't happen because that's very rare. So. This is going to really this this is all ramping up in places where, you, where common people can't have guns, That's they right. can't defend themselves. Yeah. It's very unlikely in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine it's going to get this bad because right. and and the reason these states are so safe is because anyone that's not a convicted felon can carry. Yeah. And at some point, hopefully, we'll get it to where convicted felons can yes. carry guns, too, because if you're a human being, you should have the right to defend yourself, right? regardless of what your, uh, your past has been. But here's the story. Shoplifters are running so wild in the Big Apple that pints of high-end ice cream now have special locked lids to thwart cold-hearted crooks. The Fairway supermarket in the Upper West Side is guarding its $6 cartons of Haagen-Dazs with bolted plastic tops which can only be removed with a device at the register as other shops have padlocked the freezers full of the treats. So you can't even open the door to some of these freezers in some stores because they don't have the money to put the individual uh, you know, theft prevention devices on. Although I think at some point it says it's the actual company that's doing it. It's uh, being done at the manufacturer, so it's not not done in the store a sign at fairway gives shoppers the scoop on why there's now a barrier on the popular summertime suites it says this to help maintain the lowest possible cost because people don't don't understand this especially there's a certain type of person who thinks it's okay to steal from corporations like they would normally be against stealing but it's okay if a corporation gets stolen from they say because well corporations are evil so you know screw them sort of depends on the corporation so like you know uh bank of america is an evil corporation that steals but joe's bodega 
is he's just a corporation because that's how he has to protect himself from liability running a little bodega. Sure, but it's still not okay to commit theft in general because even if we're talking about Walmart, I don't want to compare Bank of America with uh, with a retailer. you got to compare apples to sure. at least apples uh, of a different sort. And so looking at retail to retail, Joe's Bodega versus a mega Walmart or a right. Target or something like that, people who are stealing from Walmart or Target are just making it more expensive for everyone else. Because what happens is they expect they're going to lose some product to theft, but if the amount of theft goes up, then they have to simply raise their prices on the rest of the products in the store in or what order they to do make is it back. They close the store. Well, so then there's that. There's all yeah. these stores in San Francisco, a bunch of places in oh, New yeah. York City, LA. Whole Foods shut down. Nordstrom has shut down in San Francisco and, and many more. Portland, Seattle, all these cities, uh, New York City, Baltimore, there's a whole bunch of places just yeah, closing, pulling closing out. up shop. All, it like isn't CBS worth it. And a whole bunch, yeah, because they they're losing money. Right. Especially when you know the, the, there's so much theft, and then what happens is you lose your good customers, right? When yeah, because who wants to come in the store if you're going to get you know involved in a holdup, right? So, uh, so this is not. It's first of all, it's never okay to steal, obviously. But even from a quote unquote corporation, you're stealing from the other customers. That's what you're doing. You're hurting the other people in the store. You're not hurting the CEO. You're not hurting the you know district manager. You're and, hurting the customers. And and even what's worse is you're hurting the local community because for for example. There is, you know, there's all these documentaries I've seen over the years. It's like, how come there's no good grocery stores in the hood? How come there's no good grocery stores in the ghetto? Because those places, you know, first off, they just can't handle all all, all of what's going on. And then you have a bunch of just corporate whatever stores in the ghetto that, you know, have good insurance policies and have the ability to, I mean, what's it going to cost to to security lock, you know, each one of these pints of ice cream? What's it cost for that? I mean, is is it got to case around it that you have to open up with a key yeah something like you that. know like they have for yeah i like, see a picture of it right here yeah okay so yeah, yeah what what's it it's a know. hard plastic uh case on top of this thing and you got to open it up at the register and that's easy for walmart to do i'm sure uh-huh. that would be really like you know what what's a little um the little corner store down here in Keene uh that's you know those there's a ton of them so if, any yeah. of those places if they had to implement that what would that cost them that might yeah. even put them out of business if they had to go down that route yeah, uh, from what I understand, it may actually be Hagen Dazs who's uh, who's installing these, or maybe it's their wholesaler. I'm not sure. I don't think it's the actual store. Uh, but either way, they're saying that in order to maintain the lowest possible cost, they're putting these lids on some units of ice cream. The lock will be removed by uh, checkout at the store by the store associate. We apologize for any inconvenience. Customers at the store at uh, 74th and Broadway in New York City. Called the Goody Guarding Gadget, a sign of the times. And then they've got a, a photograph. Wow, they got a picture here from a different New York store showing literally a chain and a padlock locking together the doors of the ice cream freezer. <laughs> so in this case, you have to go and ask a store associate to open up this, the uh, ice cream so you can get your Edie's, you know, vanilla or the Hagen Dazs chocolate bars or whatever this is just absolutely crazy once a uh, shopper said quote this is the age we live in now unfortunately this is the new york that we know so who's stealing these does it get into that in the article because i'm thinking it's going to be a bunch of younger people and mm. and and it's it's found it's been an easy thing it's, it's been a reward you know they get to have this you know nice ice cream treat my guess is it's, it's junkies would be my guess uh, maybe more so than anyone else but 
I mean, but then again, what do you do? You're going to have to eat it, right? Because you're not yeah. going to sell the ice cream. It's going to be melted by the time you get it anywhere. I think the only way you could sell it is if you did one of these where it was a, a whole bunch of people go in and ransack, mm-hmm. you know, or what? Well, not ransack, but just clear the but place But even out. so, unless you're running into a refrigerated truck. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you're talking sure. about ice cream here. Sure. I mean, I, there could be an ice cream truck, you know, a couple blocks away <laughs> that you run this to and, you know, flip it that way. Uh, I'm, there's, where, there's, where there's an opportunity, you know, somebody's going to seize it, I'm sure. According to the story here, a cashier told the Post the ice cream is actually delivered. Okay, this is what I was looking for. With the clear locked lids already in place, so it's actually either the wholesaler or uh, Haagen-Dazs themselves that is implementing this. My guess is probably the, the wholesaler uh, that's doing it, and they can be popped off with a round plastic device. She says it's pretty easy to come off with what we use. The other Manhattan stores also had ice cream under lock and key, including the Dwayne Reed at Broadway and 71st Street, which had the chain across the freezer door with a padlock. The convenience store fastened the chain across the doors to protect tubs of briars, along with Oreo cookie, ice cream sandwiches, and other frozen desserts. Employee there said people used to come with garbage bags and fill up the garbage bags with ice cream. They would clear out our freezers, Okay, they said. <laughs> so, yeah, they are doing I mean, there's no yeah. way they're eating all that ice nope. cream. They're flipping it. They they're are. selling it. And you can sell it at a discount, too, and you get it for free. That's true. Uh, Dwayne Reed also began padlocking a freezer. So just, you know, more and more examples of this. And we're talking about Manhattan here. This is, you know, more of an upscale area of New York compared to some other areas. And they're locking it down. Shopkeepers are screaming over ice cream bandits as overall shoplifting rates soar citywide with 13,738 retail thefts reported in just the first quarter of 2023 according to the New York Police Department's recent data. Well, wow. I mean, it just all makes sense. You know, you can't defend yourself in New York. So if oh. if if a guy was, you know, if a store clerk, you know, decides to, you know, take the law in his own hands and he's going to, you know, defend himself. Yeah, he's and going he's, to prison. You know, he's going to grab one of these kids and try to pin them down till the cops yeah. come or maybe he, you know, knocks one of them out or hurts one of them. Now he's going to jail for, you know, probably, a you know, beating up a minor or something and you know even like there's just so many examples of where you're not allowed to defend yourself in in these cities and these areas are going to melt down first and hopefully they melt down so hard so fast and so quick that it sets an example to the rest of the world that's watching we don't want this happening here so we need to first off have the ability to defend ourselves but we also this is why we need to raise generation next to not become you know what we have here. You know, I don't want my kid being a hoodlum, Hell no. you know, stealing stuff. I want I want my kid, you know, uh, working hard and earn, you know, earning their dopamine. Oh, making of, their own damn ice cream, right? Yeah, make their <laughs> milk a cow, make your own ice cream. Yeah, actually, my three year old daughter has milked a cow uh, about five times now, and she thinks it's fun, and and she actually wants to make ice cream. Let me tell you, it's it is fun to make ice cream. I mean, we uh, Bonnie and I got back into it. I hadn't done it since I was a teenager. It, uh, church camp many years ago but we got the raw milk and we're making that into ice cream and it's absolutely fantastic. yeah i had some a few weeks so it was yeah. good uh so they do say here that the uh, this crisis might be fueled in part by a 2019 bail reform law which requires judges to cut loose criminals who commit misdemeanors and some nonviolent felonies the soft on crime approach they say encourages repeat theft According to police who reported that nearly a third of all shoplifting busts involved the same 327 people who were rearrested thousands of times. So they've been able to identify many of these crooks 
been able to arrest many of these crooks, but they're facing no serious, uh, any form of punishment, apparently. Right. And then, uh, you know, who's the guy who uh, subdues the uh, crazy dude on the subway there a few months ago? And oh, I guess yeah. he's getting he's Daniel Penny. Yeah. I think he is. And he's facing criminal charges. And this guy who ended up doing the, um, you know, was being, you know, reckless and threatening and violent on the, you know, subway, it turns out that he's been arrested multiple times mm-hmm. and, you Not know, for, for his uh, behavior on the subway and he just keeps getting let back out. And, you know, it's, it's all selective enforcement. So if, you know, so you, if somebody was caught in New York City with a firearm that wasn't supposed to have a firearm and, you know, they were... Oh, they'll crack down on that guy. They'll, but if he, if he was just like, you know... A forty-year-old, you know, white guy with his, you know, a couple of kids and his wife that happen yeah. to be in a city, and he's, you know, carrying a Glock. Um, you know, they're he's not going to yeah, Rikers, right? Yeah, he ain't getting any good time or any, you know, uh, of this stuff. There's probably no cash bail for him, and 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 yet the I wouldn't dare go to New York City with my family unless I was, you know, was able to defend yeah, myself so i'm not i have no interest in going there i'm with you i don't let's, want to go to any cities let's go to the phones here we got uh, sheriff david hathaway on the line with us calling from arizona where he is the sheriff of uh, santa cruz county down there on the border welcome sheriff go ahead yeah good evening ian and jay um after last night's show ian guess what me and my wife are looking up on the internet uh, the Barbie movie? <laughs> yeah, the Barbie movie to see. Yeah. When we were listening to that, um, Karen was just nodding her head to everything that Bonnie was saying, that the Ken wasn't important. They just, her and her sisters carried about, just cared about what the Barbies looked like and the dresses and all that. It's the type of movie I never thought I would go to, but after hearing you guys talk about it, we're thinking about going. And well, you'll have to times. call in with your review because it was it was pretty entertaining, I have to say. Yeah, I couldn't get Karen to call in. She just, uh, <laughs> I was saying, hey, you want to call in? And uh, <laughs> she was agreeing with all of it, but she's just kind of shy and doesn't, you know, doesn't gotcha. like doing, you know, public speaking and things like that. That's all right. I know you're probably calling in uh, for some reason, but you probably heard us just talking about the shoplifting going on in New York City. Uh, is there anything like that happening down there where you are? Are you seeing uh, rises in, you know, store store related thefts? No, I mean the the community here is 92% Hispanic mm-hmm. and, you know, Catholic and just kind of very much the they raise with the family values and the, you know, the parents uh, keep, keep a good eye on their kids and whatnot. Plus, you can have but, guns yeah. in Arizona, right? Yeah, it's actually been ranked, uh, you know, uh, several times as the number one state in the nation for gun rights. Everything's mm. legal here. Machine guns, hand grenades, you know, like <laughs> open carry, concealed carry. Nice. Now, of course, there's the federal regulations. You have to do the federal transfer tax if you're going to, you know, buy like an mm-hmm. M16 or something like that. But the state of Arizona doesn't care. There's no laws against ammunition, armor-piercing mm. ammunition, or incendiary and ammunition, or you know, uh, sawed-off shotguns or full automatic. There, you know, everything's legal from the state's perspective. So. Nice. You know, that's good. Yeah, kind of a main reason I was calling in, I was hearing um, your discussion with Jay about, um, you know, the the inefficient state and the can the state pull off like a, uh, you know, keep something secret like UFOs and things mm-hmm. like that. And and really, you know, I, I kind of have to 
kind of go on the other side of the equation from what Jay was saying. My experience, the state is so inefficient. You look at the post office and the motor vehicles, they can't pull off any kind of a, you know, conspiracy or, or a big cover up or a master plan. It's just a, a machine for theft. You know, it's what I call the uh, the you know anti-entrepreneurial you know uh, thing like it's just an, a big experiment. Well, that what will the public fall for? The, what, what can you say to scare the public and rip, rip them off? And oh yeah, I wrote an article about the subject about seven months ago on the Libertarian Institute. I usually write on Lou Rockwell, but mm-hmm. I wrote an article called "There Is No Master Planner Behind the State's Curtain," and there is. You know, the state's inefficient, and then ju- they just try an endless series of scams to see what people will fall for. On the UFO thing, if they think that'll scare people, then other members of the state will jump on board and just keep per- pushing that narrative. If it if it doesn't get any traction and it falls by the wayside, they'll try something else. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be based on truth, like the COVID vaccinations. Like, it doesn't have to be a plan to kill off people or anything like that. It just has to be... Uh, it has to work for thievery. You have to be able to get the, the the people to tolerate it and be willing to let the government fund it without pushing back. But it can just be chemical slum slum gullion. It doesn't have to have any uh, you know any you know efficient you know master genius formula that can you know kill off people or anything like that. It doesn't matter what's in it. It's just will the public fall for it. But that's that's the whole nature of that that article that. I, I wrote and put on Scott Horton's website is j- just that idea that it doesn't matter. This, uh, the state can't keep secrets. It doesn't have to be some grand master conspiracy. It's just a continual experiment of what will the public fall for? Mm. Well, I, I kind of I, obviously I'm more with you on this one, uh, David, but there certainly seems to have I mean, they've been able to keep some secrets for some time, right? Like they've got all kinds of classified this and that at the at the federal level. So, I mean, I'm not going to say the state can't keep secrets. They seem to have been able to to pull off a lot of secret keeping. Well, you know, I get on, I get into that on this article about mm-hmm. if it's a small scale, if it's killing JFK or something like that, and there's a small group of people, yeah, it, it can happen. But mm-hmm. as far as like some society-wide thing like the COVID thing and the vaccinations, yeah. um, they, they selectively publish studies that promote the state's version of things, that promotes the thievery. And then... Uh, the compliant media will suppress any stories or any studies that shows the other side of the narrative, even if they're more numerous. The other stories about masks not working, mm-hmm. or mRNA vaccines always failing. And well, and right. I think I think that's a good point. Is that if they didn't have the media on their side, it would be a lot harder for them. And ultimately, the media, the mainstream media, is their propaganda arm. Uh, because they'll essentially just take whatever state so-called experts they're pushing out there and they will just propagate them without any kind of serious questioning, without any uh, contrary opinions being offered, and they are essentially just giant state mouthpieces. If the media was actually doing its job and holding these state people accountable, asking tough questions, demanding the answers from them, filing you know Freedom of Information Act requests and making life difficult on these state actors, I think it would be a whole other story as to what kind of things they would get away with. Yeah, and there's also another thing that the fake complex- complexity masks 
the thievery. So they'll go into this kind of artificial complexity. You see the same thing with the Federal Reserve. You know, they'll start using $10 words that are just pure nonsense. But it sounds like these guys are geniuses and they have a big master plan and they got they got a good hold on what's going on in the economy and unemployment and stuff. And you saw the same thing with the COVID. They come out with this pseudo complexity and it makes the regular people just throw up their hands like they do with the Federal Reserve and just think, well, this is a, beyond our capability to understand this. Mm-hmm. And that's another cover for the thievery. But it also can make some people think, well, maybe they do know what's going on with UFOs and with extraterrestrials, and maybe they're keeping it from us. But like I say, that can only happen on a very small scale. If there's just a handful of people that are doing a plot on JFK, then then maybe that can be hidden. But there are so many people that are doing processing travel vouchers and and, you know, arranging hotel reservations for FBI agents and they have access to the file room. If there's anything really sinister going on, it would, you know, where they just have these grandiose secrets, it would it would make it out to the public. And the state is so inefficient. Like, you know, if there was something like uh, these UFO things going on, the, the private market, private observers, private mm-hmm. astronomers would have, you know, this would have come out uh, through public means because there would be profit involved in exposing it. But when the government says, well, we have this secret sinister knowledge or they sort of tease it to you. We, mm-hmm. we have this knowledge about what's going on. I just guarantee it's just pure nonsense. If it So you think this whole thing is market. bunk? You're saying the uh, the 14 year veteran guy from the Air Force is total totally uh, fallacious in his. Yeah, it, it, it's pure claims. nonsense because there would be a profit incentives for the private market to uh, to expose things like that and to investigate and to dig further. So when the government acts like, oh, we have a piece of something that the market can somehow not produce on its own. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's that's highly suspicious. All right. Interesting view. Thank you, uh, David, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Okay. Thank you, Ian. Yes, Thank you, the number here tonight is 603-283-6160. I mean, I definitely appreciate where he's coming from. I tend to lean more towards him on this particular view uh, than the theory that you were positing earlier. But on the other hand, uh, to the last point that he was saying, it does seem as though you know, is there really a private market for recovering downed uh, alien aircraft? I don't know if that exists at this point. Yeah, you'd get squashed pretty quick by the authorities if you, uh, you know, go, go, go after that, I imagine. Yeah, they don't like competition, that is for sure. In certain areas, the state will not allow any competition and, you know, military-type uh, wreckage cleanup, I imagine, is one of those areas. But uh, time will tell, I think, on this issue. There's more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Ian and Jay joining you here. If you want to join us on the phones, you can. We're talking about, well, everything from alien UFOs, uh, whether that story is true or not, it's out there right now. Also, there's uh, Jay's got something coming up in a couple of weeks. He's going to be over at anarchapolco.com with an online presentation. We got into some of that, which he's actually going to be working on later tonight uh, here in the studio. So uh, we'll be we'll be a part of that here, I guess, to some extent. Yep. And uh, looking forward to hearing more about that as it develops in the next couple of weeks. And, of course, the phones are open as always, plus they're locking down ice cream in New York City at uh, various different 
vendors, uh, everything from uh, Dwayne Reed to Walgreens. In fact, I was just seeing that apparently there's one Walgreens, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember what the city was, where they've completely boarded up. This might be San Francisco. I should double check this this story. Yep, it is San Francisco. So the uh, in addition to chaining up the freezer section to stop people from getting in and stealing frozen foods, uh, they have also now boarded up the windows of one of the San Francisco Walgreens. Store is still open. It's just all of the windows now have boards on them, as though it were like you know a hurricane or something like that. Yeah, there there is an S storm going on. Uh, of stealing. It, well, no, yeah. of uh, the other S that's all over the sidewalks. Literal S. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> in uh, San Francisco. They need uh, that for the uh, windows, I'm sure. It's crazy <laughs> uh, what's going on in these places. So we can continue, though, uh, with your calls and thoughts. Also, coming up, are Americans pulling back from the values that once defined the United States? We'll get into it. I think so. Uh, but let's first talk to Major Payne on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. You're on with Ian and Jay. Yeah, you guys were just talking about the streets of Frisco. Mm -hmm. I remember like a year or two back, they were handing out maps of places to avoid because of fecal piles. (laughs) They actually had an app. I don't know if they had a physical map. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but they actually had an app that you could download that was updated, right? So if somebody somebody could report a a pile of doo-doo in the streets of San Francisco, and that way you'd see like updated reports as you're walking around the city, you would know where... Uh, to be on the lookout, uh, where to, where yeah, not to or step. All of a sudden, there's like five pup tents underneath the only shade tree in, in the median, you know. Well, I don't know it's if you just, need a map to find those things because I, I understand you know they're fra- it's fairly just, prevalent. It's just crazy the, the inner city is, is spinning out of control. Yeah, I can't imagine why anyone would want to live in these places. I mean, I no. don't know how much money you're making there, but I don't know if it's worth getting uh, stabbed at a 2 a.m. robbery. Addiction. Addiction's why they want to live there. Addiction to what? <laughs> the drugs, uh, yeah. the convenient lifestyle of the city. There's all they kinds do of like people the that, want to, yeah. that want to live there. Like I, I, I literally have. Well, so a city like Manchester, New Hampshire, is really not that bad. Yeah, it's only a hundred thousand or hundred twenty-five thousand people there. And Concord is 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 not that 40, bad. Forty thousand there. They're yeah. not really you know cities compared to like you know what yeah. these other you know major uh, cities that have millions of people. And but also these are you know places where. Uh, anyone can carry so they're kind of mm-hmm. safer streets anyways just like i was saying a couple weeks ago there's a, a block of uh manchester that was really bad five six years ago with the prostitutes and mm-hmm. just the crimes and stuff and a bunch of free staters bought houses there and they're renting out you know apartments of these houses other free staters and these guys are all open carrying because you can and the streets just those areas yeah, cleaned like cleaned up. up really well what were you calling about tonight major well, you guys were talking about all this alien business and whatnot, and I'm thinking about when they first blasted off the A-bomb in Nevada. That uh, I just heard a, a thing from a f- lady that had a farm out there back in the day, and she was like 100, dial, 100 miles away from the epicenter, and she said it rained that nasty uh, atomic fly ash down so hard on her place that it coated the cattle and their hair fell off. I mean, damn near everything died. But you, you think about it, that was right when they had World War II going on. So they couldn't put out the brush fire they just started with all this, right? So shortly after that is when they came up with this Area 51. Oh, we got an alien aircraft, and we got to protect the whole sector for 35 miles. Mm-hmm. Well, they just consumed the whole damn blast site, so nobody could get any evidence. 
Yep. And now there's right. all this mystery surrounding it. No one, you know, has been public publicly admitting anything. Uh, Bonnie used to live on a military base where there's all kinds of secret things going on. In fact, she the military base she lived on, they say. The rumor is that they moved all of the stuff from Area 51 that was the most interesting, you know, potential alien aircraft or bodies or whatever. They actually moved them out of Area 51 and moved them to this place called Dugway Proving Ground, which is in Utah. Texas, close by. Utah. That's where that one is. Well, close enough. I didn't figure they'd drop them halfway across the country. Yeah. But who knows what the truth is about this stuff and uh, whether we'll ever know. think about it, they they learned at that point. Oh, we got to put out this brush fire. Well, ever since then, they've been igniting the brush fire to smoke over the damn problem. Yep. You know what I mean? Smoke create, screen. Create some kind of catastrophe to distract mm-hmm. everybody from the damn man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to share tonight, Major? No, it's just hard to figure your way through the world anymore, dude. Peace out. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Well, that's why we're here, you know, to have open phones. Anyone can call in and share their view of the world, including Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Jay. Sarah in New Mexico, going once. Sarah, going twice. All right. She might be on hold with another talk radio show. She may be, although she did. (laughs) She used to be a regular caller to multiple shows, but she claimed at one point that she was only calling our show. Probably because we're the only ones that would let her talk, yeah, right? Yeah, that's probably right. They probably banned her from uh, from the other shows. Uh, here's a story I've been sitting on for a little bit, and I figure since we got you here, Jay, you're, you're kind of our values guy on the show more so than uh, than anybody <laughs> else. Uh, and so I figured you might appreciate uh, this story, which is from the Wall Street Journal a little earlier this year. Uh, they say patriotism, religious faith, having children – and other priorities that help define the national character for generations are receding in importance to Americans, according to a Wall Street Journal NORC poll. The survey conducted with NORC at the University of Chicago, a nonpartisan research organization, also finds the country sharply divided by political party over social trends, such as the push for racial diversity in businesses and the use of gender-neutral pronouns. Some 38% of respondents said patriotism was very important to them. 39% said religion was very important. And those numbers are apparently down sharply from when the journal first asked the question in 1998. So we're talking about 25 years ago, roughly. Uh, 25 years ago, it was 70% who said that patriotism was very important and 62% at the time, said religion was very important. Those are significant changes. I could tell you uh, patriotism means different things to different people. Sure does. Yeah, it's uh, important. What does the word mean to you? So, well, to me, uh, a patriot would be someone who would, you know, have uh, values of liberty and freedom and, you know, basically the ideas that were, you know, uh, the important ideas, the goals, you know, the, the, around the time of the uh, writing of the Declaration of Independence, Stuff like that. That mm-hmm. that's what I, uh, you know, would say. A patriotism was standing up for your for your country, standing up for your neighbor, standing up for what is right, uh, protecting people who can't, you know, who, who are, like protecting the old ladies, protecting the children, protecting the women, whatever. Like those kind of things. That no, are, wait, 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 I just want to clarify what you said. You said standing up for your country. You don't mean the government when you say that, right? No. And when I mean my country, I call, I refer to New Hampshire as my country. Ah, okay. Uh, standing up for 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 your for your land. You know, if somebody's going to come in and attack, you would want to you know, stand up for it. Uh, or or even if it was a neighboring tribe coming to you know 
just, you know, rape and pillage, for example, you know, which which what might have been more of standing up for your country 300 years ago than, you know, what we think of it as today uh, or, <clears throat> you know, uh, and but like, for example, I was in Massachusetts, I don't know, four or five months ago, and I had to get some auto parts at mm. like kind of a mom and pop uh, uh, truck place that I know of. And I, I so the, I'm talking to the guy who owns the place. And he and he goes, uh, oh, that will be blah 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 or something, you know, whatever, 150 bucks or something. And I said, uh, if I pay you cash money, uh, can I can we you know knock off the sales taxes and, and mm-hmm. you know and you just put the money in your pocket or whatever? Is there a cash discount? And he mm. goes, you want me to knock off the sales tax? He got like all bent out of shape. Really? If I didn't need this part, I probably just would have left it there on a the counter. Damn. And he got all upset. He and, he and and he slaps himself on the chest with his fist and he says, I'm patriotic. <laughs> I gotta collect the taxes and pay them, and oh, you know he started giving God. me sort of this speech, and uh, and I go, uh, okay, that's terrible. Uh, I go, you know, you're just feeding a parasite, and wow. and and he was just, he's like, well, have a good day, sir. There you go. You know, he he didn't want to get into it with me, but yep, he was not interested. That that was his term of patriotic patriotism was making sure Massachusetts got their six point two five percent sales tax. Well, I mean. Y- it would be one thing for it would be one thing for a business owner to turn you down on the basis of they're scared of getting caught and punished for not collecting the tax. But that wasn't what he was no, saying. No, no, he definitely. Well, it to was make, a badge yeah. of honor for yes. him to. Wow, man. Yep. Wow, uh, that's that's shocking to me. To uh, yeah, but but that is it's a good point. I mean, different people have different definitions of the word patriotism. For some people, whatever the government says. They will do it because patriotism, and so, that's a completely different viewpoint from what you were expressing. So when I walked out of the store, a guy guy uh, was waiting outside. He kind of heard. He goes, uh, you know who is probably his number one customer is, right? I don't know. He goes, State Massachusetts Police. Highway Department. Oh, man. That figures. <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah. They're, they're, you know, that, All their trucks. He goes, every time plows. I go by there. The repair shop. One of their trucks is dropping them off parts. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a it, and it's a it's a one location mom and pop stores been there forever wow. and, you know the guy's known me good good part of my life hmm. and uh and, and, and he kind of knows that i'm you know was you know he's, he's it's in palmer actually this place yeah yeah and and, and you know he knows i'm like you know against he knows the property how you tax are yeah. and, you know he, yeah, he knows who i am <laughs> okay <yeah>. <laughs> let's go to the phones here we can continue on the patriotism subject in a moment but caller you're on free talk live with ian and jake go ahead hey Ian and Jay, this is Dr. Stone, and I have a few things I wanted to talk about. But first, if you don't mind, I'll clarify patriotism according to the American Heritage Dictionary, fifth edition. I think the fourth and fifth definitions are what we probably um, resonate with the most. The fifth, the love of country, devotion to the welfare of one's compatriots, the virtues and actions of a patriot and the passion which inspires one to serve one's country. See, the thing you have to be aware of, and I think a lot of people are not aware of this, the state, this idea of you know the monopoly on violence that we talk about so much here, whether you want to call it the United States federal government or the state of New Hampshire or the state of Mass- or the Commonwealth of Massachusetts or whatever other language they, they put around their organizational name, they have an interest in conflating the idea of the nation with the idea of the country, with the idea of America, with the idea of the land, because these are all sort of different things, but yet they want to roll it all up together. If you ask somebody, what is the state, and then you just let them answer that question, 
you may not get the answer that you're expecting. They may talk about the well, it's the land, or you know, it's the country, or they, there's all these different um, concepts sort of all rolled up into one. When we're talking about the state, we're specifically referring to the violent thug group of this criminal syndicate that calls themselves the state of fill-in-the-blank or the United States. But that's not the same thing as North America. It's not the same thing as America. Uh, It's not the same thing as the country. But a lot of people have this confusion, and they believe that patriotism is, when they say loving one's country, they're thinking about maybe the people and, and the land, but at the same time, because the United States is sort of the country in their mind, they also will ally themselves with loving the United States, even though you can further press them and say, wait, are you saying you love the government and what it does? And then they might say, well, I don't know. I love everything they do. And then they'll kind of justify and they'll they'll step back maybe and uh, and be a little bit more clear. But But without that clarity, without asking the right questions, without really kind of defining the terms we're talking about, it's easy for somebody to just interchangeably use the country for America, for the United States, when these are very different concepts and also to you know the thing is with um this uh patriotism you know uh it is sometimes some people confuse it with nationalism well nationalism and also cultism Mm -hmm. so the united states for example uh is basically the state itself as far as i can tell all these people who worship it it, it's a cult absolutely Uh, there was a article that we did here in free talk live a few years ago uh, where a at some county fair, some kid did not stand for the flag, and the guy right next to him basically smacked a kid real hard. Wow, it's crazy, causing him an ear injury. And it was like a thirteen-year-old kid that got you know backhanded by some forty-year-old dude standing next to him for not saluting the flag, hmm. not taking his hat off and saluting the flag. And he and uh, and then and when I used to do the truck pulls, they would always you know do the national anthem or hmm. you know whatever it is and. And uh, I, I, I never, you know, took off my hat. I never stood. I never paid attention to it. I just <laughs> kept on doing whatever I was doing. And every now and then, get the evil eye from some people. Oh yeah, some people give me a hard time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like there was every, every now and then some old veteran come over with his veteran, you know, USS Titanic, right, well, not whatever, you yeah. know, trucker hat, you know, <laughs> yeah. not Titanic, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean? And, the uh, Navy cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Navy. Right, you, know, you know, my I, we gave a lot for this country. And I, no, no, you were just you were fighting for a military industrial complex. Yeah. I start telling them that stuff. Oh, that's hogwash. I was in Vietnam. And I go, oh, you mean the uh, Gulf of Tonkin incident or Korea or whatever? And, you know, that was an inside job, too. And, you know, and, and, you know some of these guys, a couple of years later, he's like, you were right about the Gulf of Tonkin. Really? I, he goes, I, I talked to one of my friends down at the uh, VFW a couple of weeks ago. And when I mentioned you said that that boat was put there. And he, he said that was a fact. Wow. And, and he goes, Two well, years later. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, that's he was thing, always you know, at that same truck pole you you, know. ne- you never know when a seed that you plant is going to get watered and sprout at some point i could tell you seeds i've been planting for years many of them sprouted with mm. covid mm-hmm. people hit me up on all kind of you know on uh, messaging platforms actually they would text me be like oh i found your phone number but i've been messaging you on facebook i don't use facebook anymore <laughs> and and they're, and, they're, and they're, you're right you, you're talking about this stuff 15 years ago you're absolutely right man i, I apologize for doubting you mm-hmm. even my own mom was like you're so right about it oh. better late than never <laughs> yep uh all right caller or stone or whatever your name is uh what else 
Okay, so Jay, that's um, I appreciate you sharing that anecdote. Obviously, assault and battering someone because you um, you don't like their non-action, because you don't like their disobedience to the the flag or the song or whatever it is, is that's criminal assault and battery, and and the perpetrator should be held liable, and it, at the very least, cover the uh, medical bills uh, to repair that damage. And um, Ian, that that was very very well spoken. Your your um, I appreciate you you adding that commentary on um, patriotism also. Sure. And I think something that we might agree on is that rather than referring it to like a nation or a country, um, more more of a tribe. So for us, we have we have a shared um, declaration, the Shire Society Declaration. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like our tribe. Yeah, people who uh, so want to learn cool. about this, it's basically a declaration of personal independence, your independence from the idea of the state. And it is available to read and to sign if you like online. You can go to ShireSociety.com. It's there available. You can read it in full. You can see the original signed hemp paper documents that we signed back in 2010. Can you believe it's been 13 years since the Shire Society uh, declaration was was uh, was yeah. written? And we had a big signing ceremony with dozens of people who signed that thing there. And I, I know that you happen to go and get a Ron Paul to sign the Shire yeah. Society Declaration. So kudos to you for that. Thanks. I, I appreciate the, the the praise there, Ian. And um, oh, hold on, sorry about that. Uh, but um, if it's okay to change gears, yeah. um, getting I, I did a little Bible study tonight, um, a little bit of a meeting, and and I think something that's been on my mind a little bit because of what's going on in our community, um, not necessarily our our tribe, but our community. Um, so Proverbs 16:28. if you don't mind, I'll read that. A troublemaker causes dissension, and a slanderer separates close friends. And I think the, the Bible does, and the scriptures, uh, the various scriptures hold a lot of wisdom that we can learn from and, and teach the, our, our friends and, our, and the following generations, as has been done for, for several um, millennium now. Um, so that's something on my mind, because there's a lot of... Um, People, it seems, that are intentionally trying to uh, spread uh, words to cause harm and to sow division and to slow the growth of our tribe, particularly mm -hmm. uh, because they realize how powerful we are when we come together with with a shared creed. And I absolutely, guess that's I mean, the feds have been all over the Free State Project as a movement since as far back as 2005. When uh, Agent Phil Christiana paid at least that we know of his first visit to Keene, and he tried to go and talk to Dave Ridley at the time, who was living over in uh, the trailer park here in Keene at the uh, place exactly. where multiple Free Staters have lived, and they've been and, meddling uh, with us ever also. since. Yeah, they they set up Rich Paul, uh, who's now known as Nobody, uh, for uh, to bust him for selling cannabis, and they tried to flip him and get him to wear a wire into the Keene Activist Center. And these are just the things we know about. We know the same guy, by the way, was uh, behind the investigation into the Crypto 6. But again, these are the things we know that they were doing. What we don't know is what we don't know they were doing. And God knows exactly. how many undercover informants and agents exactly. and you know uh, people they're trying to gin up some violence, you know, uh, provocateurs that they might have brought into this movement uh, in the last 20 years. It, it's it's untold. For sure. And I think um, one of the things we should focus on as we're spreading the message is our words and how we communicate with people and, and interact, that we should focus on positive words that are healing um, from the heart and positive. 
And obviously you guys are well-spoken and, and just being virtuous, preaching virtuous, you know, righteousness and basically trying to be lovable. And, and so in our words, we should be at least praiseworthy by, by what we're trying to spread here. Good um, advice. Anything else you want to share tonight? Yeah. Also, we should probably try to avoid complaining and express like expressing jealousy and basically talking smack and anger and hurtful words are, are things that we should try and avoid when we're spreading the message of voluntarism. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, thank you for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate the thoughts. The number here, if you want to jump into the discussion, it's 603-283-6160. So talking about some pretty significant reductions in ideas uh, that were purportedly important to the uh, founding of the United States the survey done by the University of Chicago apparently has been done for about 25 years, maybe at least 25 years. They had a, a survey in 1998 when 70% said patriotism was very important. That number held, you know, mostly through about 2019 when it was 61% uh, that said patriotism was very important. So it had gone down, but then it dropped to 38% this year. What was it that happened between? 2019 and 2023, a period of just four years. I mean, COVID? Was it COVID that dropped people's, uh, quote, very important patriotism from 61% to 38%? Uh, I think uh, a lot of the general patriotism drop is due to just government so obscenely corrupt and you just can't avoid it. It's everywhere. I mean, especially with like Hunter Biden. Yeah, but in the last four years, I mean, it isn't that much more corrupt now than it was eight years ago. Uh, I think it's just a lot more in your face right now, especially with all the woke narrative and everything happening. There's more coming up here. Uh, There's a few more statistics that you might find interesting from this survey, again, changing dramatically over the last 25 years. Free Talk Live. website. It is running the Mastodon system that is an open source free alternative to the big corporate giant tech corporation sites like Facebook and Twitter out there. Mastodon is more decentralized. There are thousands of Mastodon servers out there in existence. We have one of them. Uh, Each Mastodon server has its own different rules, so some of them are not free speech friendly at all. Ours is. We only have a couple of rules on our Mastodon. One is no spam. If you're just looking to spam people, you're signing up for the wrong server. And number two, uh, don't snitch. If you see somebody saying something you don't like, just hit the block button. We don't want you to report it because we won't do anything about it. Uh, so head over to social.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. When you sign up, they will uh, the site will ask you a question about why you want to join. Just put something in there related to Free Talk Live or something that makes you sound human. That way we don't filter you out as a potential spammer. That's all the only reason that question exists. So head over to social.freetalklive.com and you can get signed up and start sharing your thoughts there. And that way when you inevitably get banned off of Twitter or Facebook or you finally come to your senses and decide to leave the sites on your own, uh, you'll have somewhere to go that you've been cultivating a, a you know a more free, to, free place to be online. 
Check it out at social.freetalklive.com. And also, thanks to Chris LaRue, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. He's diamond level, which is uh, means he's doing a lot more than what we ask. We only ask for $5 a month. Chris is like, I think it's 50 is, uh, nice. is diamond. So thank you, uh, Chris, for stepping up at that level. I definitely appreciate that support. It helps us advertise, market, and promote and support Free Talk Live. So if you appreciate the work that we do and you want to get some perks like access to the Imp Only podcast, which has the full radio show without the recorded commercials, you can get signed up over at amps.freetalklive.com. If, forever, uh, for instance, you don't care for Patreon, which is what is behind the scenes at the Amp program, uh, if you don't like Patreon, you can also instead sign up for our Odyssey channel, and you can contribute five bucks a month through Odyssey as well, and that way you'll be helping Odyssey instead of Patreon, which is arguably probably a more freedom-friendly way to go. Just go to video.freetalklive.com and hit the Join button up there at the top of the page. So, I've got a little bit more here from this poll, this survey that was conducted all the way back in 1998, and conducted uh, between now and then, I don't know on how many different uh, years, but at some points, including 2019. So we have numbers from uh, 2019, 1998, and 2023 showing that in 98, patriotism was purportedly, quote, very important to the survey respondents. And then in 2023, it went down to 38%. Religion was at 62% as very important to the survey respondents in 1998 that is now down to 39 percent having children is down significantly as well was 59 percent back in 1998 saying having children was very important that is now just 30 percent here in 2023 in 2019 it was 43 percent so it's dropped significantly since just the last four years the share of Americans is down very significantly on children, and uh, like I said during the break, Jay, I suspect you've got some thoughts about that one. Well, so the th- yeah, everybody's being programmed and incentivized not to have children. There's actually there's a war on nuclear families. There's a war on families in general. Uh, so many men don't want to get married right now. I'm sure if there's a survey, how many men would like to get married? Uh, or are planning on getting married, you know, today Probably versus a small it's, number. It's very low because a lot of men uh, get married and, and the example has, and, and they lose, they get divorced and they lose half of what they vote. Yeah, who wants to go and, through that? And, and then they have to pay child support. They have to, they get ordered to pay for the uh, health insurance. Uh, they get, you know, I, I actually know guys that were literally got divorced, had really good jobs. And basically after the alimony, the child support and the health insurance in Massachusetts, a guy got ordered to pay for the health insurance of you know, his wife and the two kids. Mm-hmm. That was like thirty five hundred bucks a month just that for, for for the family health insurance plan. And it, That's crazy. And he wasn't even on it. It was just his wife and and and, wow. and the two kids. And he was like, uh, you know, what do I do? And he just quit his job. Yeah, can't work. And he moved back in with his parents. And he's like, yeah, I just... Now he like, does nothing. Yeah, well, sort of. He, you know, On the books, probably does nothing, he, right? He he, uh, he did that for a little while. The, the, the wife lost all the benefits, and, you know, and, and he was like, you know, then because he was doing nothing and didn't, wasn't earning any income, he basically, then there was his child support. He didn't have to provide the insurance now. Mm-hmm. And then his child support got, you know, way down. It was, I don't remember, you know, it went from being, you know, two thousand dollars a month to 
couple hundred dollars a month or something. Mm-hmm. And the, and and then finally, the wife was like, oh, this ain't good, blah, blah, blah. And the guy had a really successful business and just kind of walked away from it. Wow. And Because it was just killing him. And, you know, some other family member, member owned a business or whatever. But... Uh, and once he got an agreement, you know, and, and basically it got to the point where his kids became teenagers and they're like, no, we want to live with you, dad. Really? And, and wow. then the wife had to, th- then basically as soon as the kids moved back in with him, he started right back up into business again with the kids because they were old enough to work the business with them. Mm-hmm. The kids are in their late twenties now, mm-hmm. really good kids. That turned out very well. But there was definitely a few years where the the woman like drove this guy into the ground, Damn. Uh, and was able to and was incentivized. Well, right, and, the government has ruined marriage, right? And so many young men have seen uncles, their mm-hmm. dads. They they've seen just their dads be powerless, and they don't want to go through that. Yep. I, and, it, thankfully, it didn't happen with my parents. They're still together, but I've I've seen plenty of friends. I've seen plenty yep. of other people go through this stuff, and I had no interest in marriage. I am now a married man with uh, with Bonnie, but I didn't expect that. And, I wasn't and, planning on it. And then. Uh, and, and that's one thing I like to I like to say to young people. Well, you'll you'll find a girl that'll change that. Hopefully, or you'll find a guy that'll change. I've said that to. I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. Well, maybe that'll change once yeah. you know the the right individual. You know, sets your particular hormones off that you know you want want you to desire those things. But you know, the thing is, is this world is a scary place for a lot of people to have kids. Or like, I can't even afford to take care of myself. Most people because mm-hmm. they're you know got subscriptions to all this nonsense. They you know. They're living way beyond their means. You know, a lot of people would rather drive sure. a nice car than have kids. You know, they'd rather have the car payment. They'd rather have, you know, the, and there's just a lot of things you can't do, you know, once you have kids, like whatever your recreation is, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, I don't it's know. Over. Yeah. Any, just, if your recreation is partying, doing drugs, if it's, or if it's, you know, going hiking all the time, or if it's, you know, dirt bike riding or, you know, mountain biking, you're not doing this for a few years. Like, so maybe if your recreation, you know, so basically my recreations have all become things I can do with my kids. Mm-hmm. I happen to have turned my recreation into raising some farm animals Yep, and you can do that with kids. So you got to sort of, you know, um, do that. And, and I've had, a, I got a lot of friends that are like, I, I don't want kids cause I'm selfish. I've had so many friends tell me that. And that's just great. They can be honest that, that they're selfish. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is. You know, uh, well, that's ki- the reason why a lot of people have kids in the first place, which is a reason I think to not have kids. It's a, you know to do it for selfish reasons because you want your son or daughter to accomplish a thing that you weren't able to do, and so you want to push them in that particular direction or try oh, to yeah. make them yep. into a certain type of individual. I mean, mm-hmm. there are people that have kids for I think the wrong reasons and uh, to possibly. glorify to yep. glorify themselves is one of those reasons. Yeah, I've actually have seen a couple examples of uh, some uh, parents like really pushing their kids hard in sports and certain types of academia like that they like hurdles they they couldn't make as a kid because mm-hmm. I don't know they got pregnant or you know this happened or that happened or whatever they're trying to um, live vicariously through their kid yeah, and yeah, that may not what, be what the kid wants to do yeah there, I see a lot of that happen which um and then the school system does this to kids too they push these kids to go into college programs for example where and then the kids you know halfway through college and like I don't want to do this uh, and then, you know, how many people do you know that get all the way through college and they get some kind of degree or master's or Ph.D. or whatever these, you know, different levels of college accomplishment are? Uh, and they're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm making more money as a nanny. Actually, I know about four or five girls right now that all went to college. They've 
you know, I got all this student debt and they're making 35 bucks as a nanny because the job at the college pays, uh, you know, it's 35 bucks cash an hour as a nanny. And, or I go to, you know, I go to work in a public school to be an art teacher and, you know, I, I make, you know, $12 an hour and then pay taxes on it basically. And, but, you know, you do get a golden parachute retirement fund mm-hmm. if, if the uh, fiat system still, still exists. There. Yeah. But, uh, and that's like part of, you know, Lily Tang, uh, Williams. Lily Tang Williams, yeah. She's super activist. Super yeah. activist, grew up in Mao's China. She right. talks a lot about the breaking down of the family. And, you know, the other thing, and, and being a, a tactic of government to, you know, get more power. So we, so we have an epidemic of of people with no children. So right now we have the most amount of women in history that are over 35 years old that are without children. Mm-hmm. All of those women are ultimately going to become dependent on government yep. at one point in their life. And a lot of them know it and are prepared. And, and, and a lot of the way they're dealing with it is they're, you know, if you, you look at a lot of the, the um, you know, the white 50, 60 year old uh, liberal left-leaning women, almost all of them are without children. Mm-hmm. And, and and because, well, they, they lack confidence in society, so they want government to take care of them, and they're going to fight for government to take care of them, and they're going to vote for government to take care of them because they're pretty much screwed when it gets to the point that you can't take care of yourself. And, you know, and so so it's the state who's going to be picking what nursing home they go into, for example, if there is a nursing home. In some places, like in Canada, very soon, they'll probably just be executing kill, these people. Yeah, they're already, uh, it's legal to do euthanasia in Canada, and they have a government health care system. So they're now starting to recommend to people that they yep. should just die instead of you know, be fixed and, in and, some way. And I'll tell you, I, I dated uh, a handful of very amazing women um, that when I say I, I casually dated them, I wasn't like, you know, sleeping with them. I was mm-hmm. just getting to know them. But there was one girl in particular in Colorado I went on um, several dates with. Uh, I was never romantic with her. She was a lot of fun to hang out with. We had a good time. And she was just so just hell bent on not having any kids because she mm-hmm. really believed the world was overpopulated and she didn't want to have any kids well, i mean that is and silly you know, the whole overpopulation thing is an absolute myth she she believes it she buy it and, yeah. but it's been what's well, promoted by the government it's, it's been yeah ever since we've been little kids in school yeah it's part it's part of the whole uh environmental movement is to depopulate the earth which is really crazy and completely unnecessary there's plenty of room out there by the way like just in the united states two-thirds of the land west of the mississippi is completely unoccupied so i mean there's a right. there's a ton of space out there but uh, i mean there is one i think good counter argument as far as somebody who cares about liberty who doesn't want to have kids if you're an activist they can use your kids against you sure can and we've seen that happen many times we've seen plenty of people have kids and drop out of the activism scene you're an exception to that uh Alu axelman's another exception to that the guy from liberty block who calls free talk live on occasion but there have been people who have completely dropped away because they're scared to death that the government is going to come after their kids if they are seen at a protest or if they're you know involved in in activism in some way and they know that that's a weak spot for them and that they will target. in fact they tried it with you sure actually there's several examples of this targeting of free staters mm-hmm. by new hampshire dcyf right in fact uh there's a little like we got another uh sentencing hearing coming up for my wife on august 17th which is actually the same day as your sentencing hearing right for now for yeah. now and uh one of the things we were reading through some court paperwork like all this stuff that the you know chief of police put a 
Kabashan, the Henniker chief of police, put a stop to with a mm-hmm. motion to intervene. Uh, it's like, how do we get that into our current court case to show the, you know, the uh, corruption of this? Because I kind of tried with the last one. So, like, that's something that we, you know, sort of need to meet with a lawyer on. And if there's somebody out there listening to this that wants to email me at, at uh, j at com, J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E.com. Uh, yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, you know that would be helpful. We got some uh, stuff in there that they wouldn't let us get in, uh, you know, at the last time. And I didn't present it super well, but I need to, you know, we need to, to show this that, and that we were uh, targeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, J.R. Hole was targeted. We have uh, Rochelle Kelly and two or two other families that brought their kid. You know, all, all these people, members of Health Freedom New Hampshire, targeted. We have very clear examples of this, and <clears throat> we see this in California. You see this in New York. You see it in a lot of blue places. You even see it in places like Texas and in, in Austin, where there's families targeted by you know, child protective services that are. You know, families that are clearly libertarian type, liberty, you know, um, mm-hmm. type people who are, you know, just doing good things. And yeah, I have, um, uh, and, and you're exactly right about a, a lot of libertarian free stater families essentially going dark in the libertarian community uh, once they have kids because they are not interested in, in the collateral damage that, you know, it's another vector to attack you from and mm-hmm. child protective services who are professional, uh, well-funded child traffickers. In fact, they get their funding. Uh, they get more funding the more children that they traffic. And they get this funding from the federal government. Uh, there's a really good documentary called Save the Babies that explains this quite well. And the other thing, too, is, you know, all these people who aren't having kids, uh, they're sort of having mid- a lot of these women, their biological clock, you know, their their ticker tells them when they're in their mid 30s, mm-hmm. it's time to freak out. You don't have any kids. So so a lot of these people who are state employees that are these childless, you know, women uh, that are in, and, and, you know, our particular social worker that was had lied about us, Melissa Coombs, who happens to be in a relationship with a woman, doesn't mm-hmm. have any biological children of her own. Has a lot of friends that aren't able or not or not willing to have biological children. So these guys are have an agenda to go out and harvest babies, healthy babies, white healthy babies are mm-hmm. are the most desirable ones, and you know get them uh, to their other friends who aren't breeders, uh, so they can have babies. Because the thing is, is the left isn't really having kids. So like the, the according to some of these studies, like the uh, the left leaning liberal type families are having like one point two or one point three kids per family. And hmm. the conservatives are having like 2.5 kids per family. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember where that study comes from. It's something I heard on a Tim Pool show a few times. He talks about it a lot. Uh, but so they're sort of breeding themselves out of existence. Uh, but what they're doing is they're recruiting like crazy with the public schools. schools. Yeah. And, you know, and, and all these he- heavily government regulated professions. So you're seeing a lot of places like a lot of um, uh, like nursing, for example, doctors. A lot of them are very much... Uh, you know, um, their patriotism is, I believe, the wrong kind of patriotism, especially if you look at what happened with COVID, where mm-hmm. all these, you know, uh, all these nurses are like, you know, all about masking and vaxxing and they're just, just following do whatever the, the government says. And yeah. and I have a lot of friends that are dating. They're like, I, you know, one, one guy's like, my aunt, actually, she brought this up and I, I talked about this at, at Porkfest a little bit. Uh, a few times about how nurses they're like oh you know nurses are there's a lot of hot young nurses out there and they take good care of their bodies and they're smart and they're good looking and you know and they're uh, educated and you know they've gone to school and all this stuff 
And the thing is, is a lot of guys don't want to date, you know, these woke women. And they're just not, you know, they're just, they, it, it, it is not attractive. There's a movement not desired. of uh, guys that want to date women from outside of the United States, in yep. fact. Yep. Uh, Philippines, uh, mm-hmm. Japan is a big destination. In fact, uh, I have, I definitely know of a handful of people uh, that are, have intentions of going and finding a wife in Japan. And because Japan, yeah. the women are very desperate for real a men real man, yeah. because there's a major soy boy epidemic happening in Japan to where they're, they're just not interested in women. And that's the thing, too. We have young men that have uh, access to uh, basically high-speed internet pornography, any kind of pornography you can want. So when you're a young man and your you know, testosterone is a hormone that is driving your sexual reproduction desires, and you have the internet there programming now your sexual reproduction desires, desires and i i believe this is true so definitely when i was oh 12 13 14 years old we had this babysitter her name was shonda and uh and i didn't realize this till my stepmom brought it up to me but she like looks just like my wife Hmm. and i was in love with that woman when i was a little boy i was totally head over heels (laughs) for her i was i was never like you know inappropriate with her i knew better you know she was the babysitter she's like you know 15 years older than me right and she'd also probably smack the heck out of me if i you know tried anything she was you know pretty conservative lady and but anyways you know that that is um it's just kind of a coincidence but Mm -hmm. whatever you know when that you know sexual hormone thing starts happening with both boys and girls they are going to be attracted to learn to be attracted to whatever's in their environment so uh and the thing is is even with in social media with the girls is you know steering a lot of the girls wrong it's you know convincing them not to want to be moms to want to be boss babes and career women and and then also the other thing that social media seems to be driving is a lot of these uh, girls they want bad boys and, and 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 actually, that's been going on forever. That's a when long I was, time. Yeah. When I was in high school, the girls were like, "Oh, you, you know," I, I was definitely told in high school and shortly after high school, "You're the kind of guy I like to date when I settle down." I heard that <laughs> a lot. You're such a great guy. You're so nice, and you know. And, and then years later, um, you know, these girls see I'm married and I got kids, Too and late. they're like, they're like divorced, and mm-hmm. you know, they got kids from a few different dads, and yeah. and I've definitely had a handful of them be like, ah, I should have tried to try to settle down <laughs> with you, you or something. Or I definitely had one girl said I should have locked you down when yeah. I had the opportunity, <laughs> and uh, but Too the, late. but the thing is, is with all of this, you know, training and manipulating of our brains, manipulating of our brain development. So the boys, for example, they can just watch some, they learn to watch pornography and get an easy dopamine hit from the pornography. And so these kids that are basically putting their faces in internet devices most of their life anyways, they're too shy to even go talk to a girl because they really haven't been exercising that part of their, you know, so their brain or, or that social skill of talking with people anyways. Not at all, yeah. Because they've been doing it either through text or through instant messenger, or they're just talking to a device. They're Gen- talking to an AI. Gen Z uh, is less likely to even go out on a date. Right. They're, they're less likely to even hang out with their own friends. Yeah, Pornhub's not going to reject uh, you. The, well, and the AI bot's is, not going to reject well, you. Well, right, right. In fact, you reminded me, Jay, when you were talking about porn or, or whatever, I went and I looked because I'd seen an image on social media and I just went to verify that it was true. And it's not a surprising uh, image or anything like that. There's a website, Google Trends, 
and it shows you, you put in whatever terminology you want. Like, what are people searching for over time? What are the results from a year ago to today or five years ago to today for a certain search phrase? And the search phrase, AI girlfriend, yeah, has gone crazy in the last year. There's a tremendous interest now compared to just a year ago on this terminology and uh the same thing for ai boyfriend not as much so it looks like uh, a lot more interest in ai girlfriend than ai boyfriend there's a lot of 35 year old plus women who are freaking out because they don't have a man every time i see these young girls uh that got like a good guy that Mm -hmm. have a guy i i tell the girls all the time you are so lucky you got that dude Mm -hmm. and a lot especially the real good looking ones look at me like Aren't you supposed to be telling him he's lucky? You know, mm. the, 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 and nope, you're lucky because you're a dime a dozen, honey. And there's a, just a, so many men that just aren't interested. Though, first off, they don't have the sexual desire for a real woman uh, because the 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 computer can can the AI the algorithm can just touch all those desires. It can it can make all that uh, all, all that stuff happen and. Um, and it's no work. It's no rejection. You're mm-hmm. not going to lose half of your stuff. The AI is always going to think you're interesting or whatever. Yep, right? yep. And and you're probably not interested in making babies either. And there's a lot of like, so definitely like I know a lot of guys that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they're like, yeah, you ever wish you had kids? Uh, the answer is not not really or no. But women, I know so many women that were like, yeah, I'd kind of like to have kids or I have this urge. And then some of them are like, I really wish I had kids. And, you know, I, 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 it led me through in my 40s. I was very depressed, you know, because I didn't have kids and didn't have a man. And, you know, so we're, we're this is a, just an engineered part of, uh, you know, breaking down society, you know, m- destroying the families. And, and then what, what do you get? You get a whole bunch of kids out of wedlock. You get a whole bunch of kids mm-hmm. raised by single parents where the parent where the mom is most of the time the single parent. Now the mom has to be dependent on the state, has to That's take the state aid. And it, that, you know, that sets an example where, I'll, you know, if I can't perform, the state will just take care of me, you know. And, then, and by the way, a lot of kids that are raised in welfare households end up behind bars yep. later on. Uh, and, and when you break down the numbers, by the way, Jay, on this, this survey where it found that in 20... 23, only 30% of respondents were interested in having children. When you break it down amongst younger respondents, no surprise, only 23% of adults under the age of 30 said that having children was very important to them. Now, we didn't get the breakdown of how many said it was somewhat important, right? Because if there's a very important, there's probably also a somewhat important. So they're not focusing on that. I suspect there's still some numbers there. Uh, But regardless, the number that has dropped is very significant. It was 59% said having children was very important back in 1998. It is now 30% and even lower for younger ages. Uh, back tomorrow. In the meantime, join us over at freetalklive.com and social.freetalklive.com where the conversation continues. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with porcupinerealestate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing But there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.